0: episode 292 Avengers Endgame
1: welcome to level 7 a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe it's a magical place
0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here because I am a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this weekend, we had the biggest weekend for the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever. Ever. And to celebrate this biggest week- weekend, I have with me two other people. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am inevitable.
2: And I am Iron Man.
0: And I am Groot. And
2: (laughs) yay! That actually that worked out
0: nicely.
3: Um, (laughs) Yes, it
2: did. (laughs) Hey guys,
3: I'm I'm Agent Stu, way over here on the left.
2: And I'm Agent Samantha over here on the right side, somewhere way far over there.
0: And sitting in the center is me, Ben. As I said before, big weekend, huge weekend. And why is it so big? It's because the fifth episode of *Cloak and Dagger* season two was on tv thursday night we were all glued to the screen
3: i thought you were going to talk about the new episode of the twilight zone
0: actually the new one is it almost made me question whether i should let go of my cbs all access subscription <laughs> almost yeah. it, was, it was pretty decent pretty that's decent a good
3: episode that's a good episode yeah it was and good the, series the, the kid, um, we'll the kid president
0: one um what, what else should, open this week uh <laughs> Let, let's let's just drop the gag and,
2: okay.
3: and
0: start talking about <laughs> it so here's how this episode is going to work we have a brief announcement we're going to make we have, uh, we'll do a spoiler free, brief spoiler free discussion of Avengers Endgame then we are jumping into spoilers after playing the spoiler organ and we will be talking about Endgame and I'm sure there's going to be some topics that we're going to not even touch because they're in this three hour movie there's so much stuff so much so that I feel like you almost can't talk about it at all without spoiling something like anything you could possibly talk about, about this movie, just one random scene. You could say, well, they were sitting in the, Oh, I can't even say what they were sitting in because it's a spoiler. You know? I mean, it's just crazy. There's so much, it's jam packed. Um, yeah, it's
3: like six hours, a movie in a three hour movie.
0: It, it it is it's almost Pretty like much. you know the it's almost like the twenty second movie in a ten year yeah. series or something like that you know <laughs> yeah um but before we talk about that we do need to talk about a good friend of ours friend of the podcast uh, Daniel J Lewis and the Noodle Mix Network and Daniel J Lewis uh, I don't know if you're gonna be listening to this episode because I don't know if you still listen to our podcast because the Noodle Mix Network is going away. And so we just wanted to wait actually until this episode um to publicly talk about it because this is the one episode they'll probably have the most downloads. And that means the most people are going to be able to hear us say, thank you so much, Daniel J. Lewis. Um he I would consider him my podcasting mentor if I were to have one. And I'm one of hundreds of people who would say that same thing. And uh it was an honor not just to have your help for the podcast before we joined the network, but it was also an honor to be a part of the Noodle Mix Network. Um, and so Daniel J. Lewis is shutting the Noodle Mix Network down because the podcasts he was directly involved in are not doing any new episodes. And um and of course we are, and so we're we're not stopping. And a couple other podcasts on the network also aren't stopping, but they were ones that he's not hosting. And so he's he's taking a step back from being support to podcasts he's not a part of and he's doing you know his graphic design work and some other things like that but um dan G lewis if you are listening because that's the other reason it, it was a real risk you know to be able to say these things during a cloak and dagger episode you know where people have to have freeform or hulu to be able to watch but endgame you know i'm, I'm taking the gamble here that maybe you're listening to this episode. Um, And so if you are uh, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you so, so much. I wanted to say it publicly um, and just let people know um, just how much of a help you were to this podcast. And also just say, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for inviting us. And thank you for um, everything you did to make this podcast better because uh, this podcast is definitely better because of the interactions that we had with you. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you. I would not be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for him. No. Yeah, because I was going through a hard time. I was looking for a podcast that was clean and funny. And then I found the Clean Comedy Podcast, which led me to Once Podcast. And then around somewhere around that time, uh, Welcome to Level 7 joined the Noodle Mix Network. And yeah, I, that the clean comedy podcast made me laugh during a time that I all I wanted to do was cry. So thank you, Daniel.
3: And I would just say that, um, his podcasting, uh, the Audacity, what is it? The Audacity, the Audacity to the podcast, pod- yeah, is a is just a fantastic resource for all podcasters. And, and I'm sure that is affected, um, is it everybody.
0: So, yeah. and those episodes are still up like his, he's yeah. not deleting his podcast or anything like that. Uh, so those, that resource is still there and that's mm-hmm. still probably, well, no, not probably. That's the only place that I have and it, it will still be probably, not probably, it will be the only place I point <laughs> people to when someone asks for, for help with podcasting, because yeah. I haven't listened to any other podcasting podcasts. That's the only podcast about podcasting that I listened to, um, outside of Way at the beginning, I listened to one or two episodes of a couple different things, and the Audacity of Podcast is the only one that I listened to the entire library of.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, and and you're not the only one, Ben. I mean that that show's been around for a very long time. It has helped lots of people produce stuff in a world where we have people producing things. So, yeah. I, you know, it, yes, he his impact is greater than the Noodle Mix Network. And 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 specifically our show. So um thank you again for, for yeah. doing what you do.
0: But specific to our show, Yes. Uh, you know, I we probably well, Samantha, you wouldn't be, but um we'd still be doing this episode right now. Uh, it just wouldn't sound as good and look as good. So
2: yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, with that said, it's time for us to talk about Avengers Endgame. This is spoiler-free right now. And when I say spoiler-free, I mean we are not going to talk about any specifics of plot. We are not going to talk about any specifics of characters. We're not going to talk about any specifics of actors. We're not going to talk about any specifics. Just broad overview. Um, just your your initial feeling about the movie and if you liked it or not. Um, and, and this is for people who have not seen it. And are wondering, should I see it? Maybe they're on the fence or maybe they're <laughs> I, I don't know why we're doing this, because I mean, yeah, well, okay. you're either oh, interested or not. You know, <laughs> like, okay. so like so my wife every... is not on the fence because she doesn't care. But if anyone is on the fence, this is the movie that they're, they're going to get off the fence for. Um, Yeah.
3: <laughs> so so I have I've actually rehearsed this line.
0: All right. Let's hear All day it.
3: today. OK. If you have been on this journey for 10 years and 22 movies, this is the movie for you. It will not disappoint you.
0: The end. Very good. And I did a seven word movie review. Um, This is, I do this uh, for fun. I used to do it because of Twitter and then Twitter expanded their character count. And then I stopped (laughs) even bothering with Twitter. I I just, I don't get on Twitter very often, Um, Uh, but I'm still doing the seven word movie review. And for this one, my seven word movie review was they did it. They really did it. And, and that's just because this is such a monumental task of yeah. pulling all these threads together from all these movies over 10 years and, and trying to make it into. I mean, honestly, they could end things here because end game, you know, obviously they're not ending it here, but they pulled things together in a send off that was just almost perfection. And and I say almost perfection, because things we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
3: we're gonna circle back around to that later too, because I have I have a, a kind of a serious
0: question. So, but yeah, Samantha, what about you? Your thoughts?
2: If you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this movie has all the feels. You're going to feel everything. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, just be forewarned. Bring your box of tissues. Don't bring the little packet. Bring the whole box because you're going to need to share them with everybody. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Also, also make sure you use the facilities before the movie.
2: Yes. You don't uh, want to miss
0: yeah. anything. You know, it's a, that's fun to joke <laughs> about. But, dude... You remember Lord of the Rings, right? I mean, I yeah. did it yeah. then. I was younger yeah, then, I'm... and I, I I did it then. I I I made it through this time. I didn't even think no, about I, it.
3: I until. didn't. Yeah, I made it through this time too. I'm just forewarning people. You know, this is for the. Am I on the fence? Or, you know, it's a long movie. You don't want to miss any of it. It is. <laughs>
2: I went to the movie theater with my boyfriend. We had dinner at my house right before, and he, for some reason, he drank two glasses of water. <laughs> and honey, I'm so sorry if this embarrasses you, but this is just—it's—it's it, it's a lesson that people need to hear about three-hour movies. And as he's going for the second glass, I said, "You," I said, "You realize that this is a three-hour movie, right? And that you may not want to go to the bathroom." And he's like, eh, "It'll be okay." um i'll point out the moment when we discuss it but because i know it will be something that we will discuss um (laughs) anyways he gets up and goes to the bathroom and something huge something i don't think any of us were expecting happens and he comes back to the the seat and i'm like you totally missed it because you you drank two glasses of water before we came over here i'm i'm talking like 10 minutes before we left the house so you were talking.
3: You were talking during the movie, Samantha. I, I,
2: I had more reactions. I, like, at, like, I don't even know. Yeah, usually the most outward reaction I have during a movie is laughing, and that's usually when other people are laughing, so it's not a big deal. But this movie, I was laughing. I was reacting. I was gasping. I was talking to the screen. I, I was another person when I went to see this movie. <laughs>
0: Well, OK, so,
2: you know how I feel about people who talk at the theater?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, there's
2: your Firefly reference.
0: <laughs> uh, OK, so let's see, Samantha, how many Thor's hammers out of five did you give this? Would you give this movie?
2: Um, six.
0: <laughs> okay, well, uh, Stuart, how but, many uh, Captain America shields out of five would you give this movie?
3: Probably five. I can't think of a reason why not to. Okay,
0: and although
3: in this case, never
0: mind. <laughs> and I give this uh, out of five PIM particles, uh, four. I gave it a four stars. Now I'm you, very you're stingy. Good for the
3: solid four. You're good for the solid four.
0: I'm very stingy with fives when I'm doing my movie review stuff. I think. No,
2: I'm just. I'm saying just the particles because particles. I'm guessing are. are Subatomic. Yeah,
0: but they're
3: powerful. So you can't
2: see them. They're
3: huge. So what are
2: the they're value powerful? of them if you can't see the project? <laughs> okay,
3: okay, okay. He's got four I can't even four do that. Miles. Like, I wasn't gonna say that.
0: Hey, I, I'm just saying four. That's all I'm saying is four out of five. Like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like if there's five, I'm saying four out of it. So it doesn't matter what size they are. Okay. It's the same percentage. Okay. I mean it could it's... be five four out of five moons, you know? Same percentage. So Okay, so, by the way, the moon thing was not a spoiler. That was referencing Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. There might have been moons in this, but I don't remember. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there were in the sky in the background somewhere.
2: (laughs) Oh, there were, I think. It's just, yeah.
0: Okay, well, anyway, that is that. So, man... They reference everything in this movie Have fun yeah. if you have not seen this and uh just just get ready for a fun fun ride I'm trying to figure out when I can go see it again because it's three hours long so to go see it again that is a investment that is uh, that's a lot of life that uh, I'd be giving up so and when I say yeah. that I mean I mean there's only so many hours a week when I'm not working and I got family and so we'll see. I don't know if I'll see it again, but we will see. All right. So I'm going to play the spoiler organ, and then we are going to talk about this thing in depth and talk about some of the craziness, talk about some of the coolness, talk about some of the something else that ends with the ness. Hey,
3: how about you just play the organ? Now? We're going
0: to talk about some of the Ness. All right. <gasps> Spoilers 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 all right, you know that's probably uh, what this movie was missing is Kevin Costner just a little bit of Kevin <laughs> Costner. he was um, probably in it somewhere
2: <laughs> There's no Sylvester Stallone. I was surprised that we didn't get to see him.
0: Uh, I was not yeah. surprised. <laughs> There were so many I mean, other people that I was surprised about.
2: Everybody else was in this movie? <laughs> oh uh, they not? didn't go
0: that deep in Guardians though, cuz Guardians is already an ensemble movie. That's so, true. That's true. And
3: okay, where do we want to start?
0: Well, I thought maybe we could start with um uh, start with just going through the characters. You know, because I mean, we can talk about the plot, but the plot is huge. And there's just so much stuff going on. If you've seen the movie, you know, the plot, <laughs> um, but if- let's just do this though. What did you think of the plot? What did you think of the storyline that they presented us with? Which is not the gems taking them back in time, which I was afraid of. Instead, they just went back in time <laughs> using the quantum realm, uh, as their, you know, magic weapon to get, to get to do this. And then they stop. Okay. So they kill Thanos then they go and get those stones And then they come back to the present and they bring back everybody. And then Thanos comes from the past and attacks them. And we have a big war. And that's it in a nutshell. And I mean, it's a classic boy meets girl.
3: Boy and girl fall in love. I mean, it's a classic story.
0: Boy meets girl. Boy and girl fall in love. Girl gets killed. Girl from the past comes to the future girl meets boy again girl doesn't remember boy girl is not really impressed with boy So girl leaves <laughs> Like it's a classic story it happens to I all mean, of yeah, us I mean yeah,
3: yeah. there's so to, to me the the plot of the story is very um woven into the characters very well I would I would go along so far as to say that it's almost not that
0: important <laughs> I, what's important is the characters. I think you're probably not wrong there. This whole plot was – it was clearly them sitting down and saying, how do we make it work so we can send them right. back in time? You know, And so we can reference these other movies. We can see the, these other movies and, and 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 have these moments where we're remembering these other movies. But it's not just a clip show. As soon as they went back in time, my son leans over to me and says – Is this going to be a clip show movie? I'm like, "Uh, I don't think so.
3: I don't know. I think what really happened is they're sitting around the the writer's table. You know what I really, really, really like? I really love Back to the Future Part (laughs) 2. That's my favorite movie ever. And they're like, okay, how do we do it? We do it by
0: not doing it because we have to make sure we tell everyone we're not doing Back to the Future 2. Right. we're totally going to do Back to the Future 2. Yeah.
3: The only thing you're missing was Michael J. Fox actually playing Johnny B. Good.
0: Oh, man. Uh, yeah.
3: But that's the thing, right? Because there's no. So, yes, there's reasons to go back in time and take care of the, you know, get the stones and do all that sort of stuff. Plot reasons. But then there's also the, you know, sort of meta reasons. Right. Let's go back to the Battle of New York. Let's go back to. um you know, reference every single movie that we've done—twenty-two movies—and just to sort of, you know, put the warm jacket on and say, "Yeah, you remember this? You liked this."
0: Every single character got a moment to reconnect with someone. And when I say mm-hmm. every single character, I—I I, I mean that. Um, except maybe Hulk, because uh, Hulk meets Hulk someone got new. Got to
2: reconnect with himself.
0: That's what. Oh I was, yeah, yeah. Okay, that work. Um, away.
3: connected. Banner and Hulk connected.
0: Yeah, Tony and his yeah. dad. uh yes. Cap and Peggy. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, it was them. Oh, I Hawkeye
2: mean, and his family.
0: Well, that was. I mean, that was his driving force. But True. But there was yeah. a connection with Hawkeye and Black Widow there. Um, yeah. And then of course oh, Thor, yeah. Thor and his mom. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing seeing his mom. And and well, getting but, a chance like, to talk to her the, before she dies and
3: Yeah. And then all of the secondary characters too. I mean, you had the, the the reunion with Groot and
0: Rocket. You had the uh reunion I mean Oh well those every- those are huge. I mean that that was just yeah. the reunion after the second snap. <laughs> right. But before the third snap. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> And so I liked that though it that brought it back to the present. Um and I liked that the snap had consequences still. They were mm-hmm. muted consequences, but the consequences were still there. Um all Five these people complaining well, still had
2: consequences. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um all these people complaining, well, everyone died. We we know they're gonna come back. Well, okay, sure. But you know what I was thinking about this, and I I I don't know if I'm ever gonna write a blog post about it, but I want to that um That thinking of those people died in the movie, but we know they're going to come back. That is self-centered viewing where it doesn't matter. And and so I know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to let it matter to me, you know, because it's not done in such a way that is supposed to matter to me. And and I would say well, that this is done, you know, the snap, all the stuff that happened in Infinity War was done for the characters who survived. And the characters who survived, that's who we're supposed to be looking at and journeying with and empathizing with. And in, instead of saying, oh, well, I know that spider Man's coming back because he has a movie coming out. No, you look at Tony and you you empathize with Tony. And that's part of tony's journey is to get spider-man back you know and so there's that's something that that's irritated me and bugged me a lot because well i'm sorry i irritated
2: and i'm you sorry then. no no i i know i've been one of those people that, who have said that I, exact thing
0: who said that it doesn't matter because they're coming back
2: no i i yeah because I was really irritated that the Spider-Man Homecoming um trailer dropped oh. weeks ago. Well, uh, yeah, far from home. trailer cuz it played during the beginning of the movie and I mean well,
0: I wasn't thinking a, specifically of you. I do remember us having some Facebook conversations though about this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, and I and I see what you're saying, Ben, um about focusing on the people who survived, and I get that. And I even for a little bit understand the idea that Sony has a movie to promote. I get that. Um, but I knew go, even when what sitting there watching that, that Ant-Man or Scott Lang was going to show back up. That being said, he showed up in a very funny way and it was enjoyable. So I, I kind of see your point.
0: Well, my point is trust the filmmakers. Yeah, no. Absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes you can't trust the filmmakers, you know, And you have something like Spock dying and that was a contract thing, you know, and he may not have come back because he may not have come back to do another movie, but they let him direct. And so they brought him back, you know, and so they were able to have have Spock come back. Han Solo, the same thing, you know, but you also have to look at it as the filmmakers are telling a story. The filmmakers are not just saying, oh, this person died and, but we're going to bring them back soon enough, you know, you know, but we're going to use this just to make a point. No, they're, they're, or we're just going to use this just to make you have a reaction. They're hoping for a reaction, but then you also have to look at the other characters and their reactions and stuff like that. You got to trust the filmmakers. And this is a situation where I feel like I'm very vindicated in saying this because they knocked it out of the park. And as a yeah. result... We have Iron Man and maybe that's where we can start when we talk, start talking about characters. We have Iron Man making some choices that are difficult choices because does he go back and try and get, you know, get the kid back, you know, get Peter Parker back, but he has the possibility of losing everything. And he now has a family. He has a daughter, Pepper. I mean, they're, they're married. They have a child and they, they have this family unit and. And he failed once and almost died. And now he has a second chance. And this sets up an incredible character arc. And, And, oh, go ahead.
2: The problem with the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer was it spoiled the fact that Tony Stark was going to die.
0: I don't think it did.
2: To me, I caught on pretty quickly because Spider-Man wanted to leave his suit at home. Or Peter Parker wanted, leave, wanted to leave the Spider-Man suit at home, and then when trouble pops up, it's not Tony Stark who who goes after and, and tries to find Peter. It's it's um, Nick Fury. And why would Nick Fury be bothering to go find Spider-Man uh, when there's Tony Stark, who you know he's a billionaire with a jet?
0: I mean, so, the bigger so, thing to me was it spoiled that Nick Fury is back. You know, but here's the mm-hmm. thing, though. Yeah, I wow Samantha. putting all that
2: together, I figured out and I think we actually had I mentioned this in the in the conversation. I was and I, I said I was I, I I remember feeling pretty certain that Tony was going to die.
3: You put all of that together, Samantha. I hadn't even a clue. I didn't even I didn't even put that together. In fact, I didn't even know that Tony was gonna die until the very end.
0: I was like I didn't I was absolutely expecting Tony to die and have been for a long time. And I didn't even put it together from the trailer. Samantha, like it didn't even cross my mind from the trailer, but um, I will say, and my kids were very impressed with me because they kept asking me, who's going to die. Who's going to die. Who's going to die. And I'm like, here's, here's what I'm, here's what's going to happen. Guys, just setting you up for this. Tony's going to die. Cap is going to retire and Thor is going to go and be with his people. Now, I was halfway wrong with Thor because that five-year-later thing, I didn't know that was going to happen. And so in the beginning of the movie, Thor was doing the thing I predicted him to do, and then he did something different at the end of the movie. But I was pretty proud of myself. And we walked out of the theater, my daughter said, you're right, Dad. You're right. Thor.
2: <laughs> Let's call it the Thor Lebowski. Oh, man. Which, saying that...
0: Daniel, Daniel Butcher. Butcher. <laughs>
2: who is one of the original founders of this podcast with Ben, hates Jeff Bridges, and he hates the Big Lebowski. And here is a character from a movie series that he loves who is going the way of the Big Lebowski.
0: Well, and and also, I mean, let's let's be fair, Jeff Bridges is in the first movie of the MCU. True. And yeah. so I mean, already true. there was reason to have hatred for from Daniel. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if you talked about that hatred in that episode when we talked about Iron Man. but That
3: was, good, that was so
0: long ago. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. It was Almost five years like ago. 11.
3: <laughs> it was 11 years ago.
2: 11.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, for the episode that we you, recorded with Daniel. Yeah, but yeah.
3: you guys, yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, yeah. So where do you want to
3: start with Tony?
0: Well, okay. So is this a good arc? I mean, I've already said it. You know, I, I feel like this is a good arc. I oh, feel yeah. like this is uh, a death that makes sense, and that's really why I predicted that he would die is because it made sense for him to be the one who dies saving people. I didn't know he was going to do what he did. Um, well, but what's
3: funny is in in the first in the Avengers, the first Avengers, Cap tells him. He says, "Are you the guy to put?" To lay yourself down on a line to make the sacrifice play, and you know what he's like, "You are you are you the guy who's going to lay down on the wire and make the sacrifice play?" And Tony's like, "I figure out to cut the wire, figure out how to cut the wire." That, and then you compare that to this movie where he is the one to make the sacrifice play. He now he does it in a way that is grander. You know, he, he, he takes everything and then does the snap and that's why he dies. But he, you know, that's a really interesting, really interesting arc from yeah. all of his movies, you know, 22 movies or whatever, however many movies he was in. But for 11 years, you know, he was the first MCU guy and he's, and then this was a good send off. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. After Infinity War. I mean, before Infinity War, I don't know if he would have made this kind of self-sacrifice. But after Infinity War, after lo- losing half of every living being out there, including uh, animals and probably little tiny microscopic or- organisms, Tony knows what's at risk, and he knows that if he has to sacrifice himself, he will. He he will do it for the sake of his his child for his wife, for his friends. He was, he he had been pushed so far that he was willing to take that leap for everybody else.
3: That was the thing I was really impressed with him was once he was able to, once he realized that it was just him and pepper and that one scene where he's, you know, he's going after the girl, the first time we see him basically after the five years and he's going after the little kid in the, um, In the um, the tent, the tent, yeah, Yeah. that got me. That got me right, right where you get it, you know, because that was a good father, you know, father moment, right? And that's that's what we wanted to see out of Tony.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, and not just that. I mean, when we first met him, he was a a party guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, No chance of family on the horizon for him, and I think. Losing Peter had a huge impact on him. I mean, the way he was so called parenting Peter wasn't very good. He was parenting Peter like almost like he was his own father, Howard. The way he, the way Howard parented uh, Tony, um, and I think maybe he realized, hey, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the the hands on, loving, playing with my kid in the tent, doing tea time with silly hat kind of dad instead which I kind of wish that there was a scene where Tony was wearing a funny hat.
0: That brings up that there was one other uh, kind of father figure that he played, and that was Iron Man 3. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And so the camera, my kids have seen Iron Man. They have not seen Iron Man 2 or 3 yet, because we just didn't have time to squeeze those in and Infinity (laughs) War. And so as the camera is panning all the people at Tony's funeral, it goes on this one teenage kid. Mm-hmm. And my son just leans over like, who's that? <laughs> uh, for, it took me a moment and it was context clues. It wasn't, it wasn't that I recognized the kid. It was like, I bet that was the kid from Iron Man three. And well, ben,
3: you're smarter than me. Cause I had to Google it.
0: <laughs> well, well, uh, it, I had to figure it out though. I did not recognize it. And it was, uh, you know, two minutes later I'm leaning over. Oh, that kid was.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, just. Just to make sure we're clear that they're they're the last scene, not the last scene. There's the funeral scene and they're panning through everybody, which everybody looked really stretched out and tall. Was that just me being in midnight? I don't know. Um, But then that might uh, also
2: have something to do with costuming and the way they were standing.
3: Maybe it's just Like, anyway, but then there was this one tall, lanky kid, and that, for in case we haven't beat the dead horse enough, is the kid from Iron Man 3. Uh,
0: and I think that not all those people were there. I oh, might, I would be. Might be yeah, why I'll, they felt a little a little off in perspective, maybe.
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that was definitely a composite shot. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie was a composite shot, let's it's be true. honest. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah.
2: Um, reading through the trivia on IMDb.com, uh, it says that um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was the only actor who actually got the full script, and he got to read it. Everybody else was only given their little bits. So no, sp- and they did that so no spoilers were going to be um, leaked.
0: Although, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if he was making this up or if he actually had read something. Uh, but um Ruffalo Mark mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo He was in a press conference with Chris Evans and one other person and he said yeah we only got parts of our script and and they actually gave us dummy pages that had script parts that didn't actually happen and, and and so I don't even know what happened but I just know it's crazy and this guy gets married and he actually said it out loud on camera that Chris Uh-oh. Evans got married and so he did actually spoil that, but no. I can't tell if he thought uh, he, he might have thought those were dummy pages that <laughs> had that, oh. or he might have just been making it up. Uh, But he did it. He said it. And.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, that, that's yeah, why I, we I didn't don't... see, I don't recall that, so I was so, spoiled yeah
0: well and i didn't i I wasn't spoiled either i mean i i I didn't watch i read it and then when i watched the movie and oh (laughs) mark ruffalo said that was going to happen you know like i didn't think it actually was going to happen i thought he was just throwing out bs you know and no he was he was not (laughs) so well uh, he
2: didn't say that that captain went back to uh the 1940s and got back or whenever he went back and got back together with peggy no he didn't yeah
0: um, so anything else with Tony before we move on to a different character? Because I mean, this is basically his movie. As Pretty much as much. it as, as much as any yeah. movie that has like 30 lead actors <laughs> yeah, can right. be one person's movie.
2: Um, um I, I'd say that his story was the backbone of the entire movie, but everybody else, um they they all had their arcs too. They
0: all had their arcs and their moments. And yeah. His arc was that he got to go to his dad. um, He got to talk to his dad and his dad and him talked about family, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and his dad said, you know, I just want my son to not be like me basically, (laughs) which is what almost any dad is going to say. And, and (laughs) we get to see that Tony was not like that. We get to see that there is growth in Tony's character. uh, And that growth in Tony's character is the reason why he had to be convinced to to actually join in and help with the plan.
3: Well, was he convinced or was he dabbling and then he figured it out and now his ego took over?
0: Well, I think he was convinced. I think that he was not going to do the dabbling and then he maybe 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 not convinced, maybe he couldn't help himself. <laughs> I don't know. But they came to him. They said, we need you. He said, no. They said, yes. He said, no. They left. And and then he says, yes.
3: I don't know. Um, I think he was convinced by Pepper. And when Pepper said, you're never going to let it go until you do this, that was his okay to go.
2: I think Tony's drug of choice is um, – physics himself. and mechanical engineering. That's true. He hadn't he got that taste and he got an itch and there was an idea and he just had a scratch at it. But um unlike say in Iron Man 3 um where he was building all of those suits and trying to prepare um this time I think it came out of a place of like a little sliver of hope that maybe they can undo what Thanos did. Well that's
3: what I think. I was gonna say, but I think when he went to Pepper and said, Look, I'll stop right now if that's what you want me to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. He is he has two things on his plate. And one is he has family. He finally has this thing that mm-hmm. he wanted. And on the other side, you have uh the failure that's hanging over him that that really was a a fear. Like he we failed. We failed against Thanos and we, this is our second chance. We are living now and I don't want to try again because I failed. I faced him down. I was alone and I failed.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think he said that during the scene right after he returned to Earth and he was in the bathrobe and you could see like his clavicle and the ribs um, underneath his um, house coat. I have to say the CGI on that scene was really impressive because uh, I've had family members who um, would go. They went through periods where they were very, very sick, and they they got to a point where they were skin and bones. Um,
0: and that was different. Uh, you could see yeah. you could see that actually in the ship uh, when he was recording the message. You could see yeah. his. You could see the just the way his bones and muscles were were working together it it looked like he was sickly and and that was not from the trailer like the trailer he was just normal uh, at least i think cuz i did not notice him looking like that in the trailer
2: i'd have to go back and look at it cuz i think that they did cgi him as being very sickly um well all
0: three of think- the main actors all all three of our main guys you know captain america thor and iron man got some form of cgi application to their bodies and this is tony's caps is at old age and then no, I, I thor's that dad bod <laughs> there was more than makeup going on in there there was wrinkles okay. there was there there had to be more than just makeup going on there because that was that was crazy like it was not at all like what you normally would see in like the star trek episode where they all age or something like that
2: yeah, but that's Star Trek. I mean the, the, the prosthetic hey now, makeup for aging is actually really impressive these days.
3: But even then, they can still enhance what they've got.
2: True.
0: Yeah, there was there had to be CGI going on in there. I mean, you got his his facial expressions, you know, that was definitely coming through, but just the the texture of the wrinkles on the screen, it was amazing. It was amazing. If that was if that was makeup, that is an Oscar right there. Like that has to be an Oscar right there if that was makeup, and and prosthetics.
3: So you want to, so you want to talk about Cap?
0: Yeah, let's talk about Cap.
3: Hashtag Team Cap. Just by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so my question for you guys is: Is Captain America the guy Peggy Carter was talking about in Winter
0: Soldier? No.
3: When he goes,
0: and uh, you know why? You know why? Because she, because I've been thinking about this. She was lying. And you know why she was lying? Because she couldn't let present day Captain America know that future Captain America was living in her house with her married (laughs) to her. And so he's visiting her at her deathbed. And she has to keep it quiet that old man Captain America is out there somewhere. Not visiting her at her deathbed. That's
2: I think she was married to somebody else in that timeline.
3: I think we have the Back to the Future Part Two thing where Doc draws the line and then does the other line. I think that's what we're dealing with. I don't. No, I though. think that's what we got was
2: exactly what. Um, oh, I forgot tw- what Tilda Swenson, her character, said uh, that they created an alternate timeline, but bringing back the uh, stones to the time to the moments that they were taken sort of restored the timeline, but there were a few things that had changed. And I think who she married was one of them.
0: Well, this is a bigger conversation. I mean, because this timeline thing that that they did here, I feel like they set up rules, they followed them mostly, but then they kind of didn't. But then if you think about it, you can make it work that they did. But I really... Because I have some trouble with the timeline here now. Because... It's just like they said, you know, like if it's the grandfather paradox where if you go mm-hmm. back in time and kill your grandfather, then you'll never be born to go back in time and kill your grandfather. It's a paradox. And so, you know, for some some people say, well, then that makes time travel impossible. Some people would say that, no it's not a paradox because whatever happens is, was, was meant to happen. So anything you go back in time to change, it was meant to change and it, you actually aren't changing anything. You're just going back in time and, and doing something that was going to happen anyway, because it happened in your past.
3: You know, um, even if you go
0: back in time, that's your future. Right. Right. And so here we have a couple different things going on. Um, there's 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 a couple different time things going on here. Captain America is going to take all the things, all the gems, back to where they came from. The question is, okay, what does this mean for Loki? Uh, mm-hmm. Samantha, feel free to tigger about this. Because Loki is possibly out there alive right now with the Tesseract because he escaped with it.
2: I think he lost it somewhere because it had to end up on that glove again.
0: But... He got it, you know oh that, and that's
2: true because they went back further into the Tesseract's past, okay, yeah, he got the tesseract
3: well, that's right, they did do that so how
0: does yeah. that work okay See, then, interesting. go ahead, well, okay, and so they then they go back in time earlier than that and take it, and so when they return it, they're going to return it to that earlier point, which when does any of that stuff not happen now um then you have the, okay, so that's the Tesseract. Uh, Thor's hammer went to the future, came back because Cap took it back with him because he was going to return it because you have to so that Thor can have it in the past, you know. But then you have Thanos from the past coming to the future. It's like the anti grandfather paradox where instead of you going back in time and killing your grandfather and then you can't do that because your grandfather wasn't there to have your father and your father wasn't there to have you so you could go back in time this is your grandfather coming to the future to kill you (laughs) like and so when grandfather returns to the past or doesn't return to the past and, and so that's what i'm wondering what happens with this because thanos isn't there in that time. So are we looking at the Star Trek timeline, this Doc Brown timeline where no matter what, this is a branching timeline. And so we have a timeline where they all failed and that's it because they were – I think they went out of their way to try to say that's not what's happening here. This is the same timeline that we've been following and they have saved that timeline. This is not Spock going back in time to save the – the, the timeline yeah to, and
2: i think this is this is the one instance out of 14 million and some where they actually did succeed
0: that's what it yeah
2: so there's actually 14 million different timelines those were out all there.
0: possible those were all possible yeah. timelines he was looking at they weren't he he looked at all the possible ones saw the one that worked came back and did what he had to do to make the one that worked happen and so those aren't those, at least those that he was talking about, aren't divergent timelines. They're just possible timelines from that moment in that timeline.
2: But there's a whisper of them somewhere out there, which is how he was able to see them.
0: Because he was able to use the time stone to follow it every time. Yeah. Now, that that doesn't take away from the possibility that we do have divergent timelines. I think it just means that those 14 million aren't divergent. They're just him. He saw them all, saw the one that worked, and that's the one that he's going to try and guide along. And then, but that, you know, this happens in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where you have that future in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that may have continued going on, but then they go back in time and stop it from happening. And, you have all these time loops going on and stuff like that. And I just, I love multiverses. But I wasn't excited about a multiverse in our MCU because I like the MCU being the Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm. one, you know. And so are we in a different timeline now?
3: I don't.
2: I think we're in the timeline we're meant to be in. Yeah.
0: But that's not the question I'm asking. The question is, is it a different one?
2: (laughs) No. Or
0: is it a different one from the one that we've because we've sat through all these movies. They go back in time, make some changes. And so now are we in a different one or did they not change anything?
2: I think overall that they, that they were always meant to fail the first time. They were always meant to live out those five years with only half the population all over the universe. They were always meant to go back and change things. That doesn't answer my question. (laughs) So,
3: so hold on. Um, Yes, I think we're in the same timeline. Because I think we um that's that's the universe, that's the timeline we're gonna play in. It's kind of like when the ultimate Marvel books came out. The ultimate, what is it? Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate, all those guys. Mm-hmm. They're the same stories, but they're told differently, right? I don't think we're ever gonna see the ultimate MCU. I think we're just gonna be in the six one six regular MCU right now, and that's all we're gonna play until Kevin Feige either leaves and they have to reboot the thing or whatever. Um, but I don't think, we're, I, I think we're in the same timeline, honestly. And I think when Peggy says in, when a soldier, he's sitting at the Smithsonian and Peggy says, he saved my husband. I think she's talking about him because that's what I want.
0: Well, she could be, it's either that or she's lying and, and that she's kind of giving this story so that Steve in the present day doesn't catch on what 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 actually happened but but that's where I'm just Steve went back in time lived a whole life in in secret <laughs> and and so we when when he shows up at the end i mean this is one timeline the one thing that works against that they do everything so well as far as they're returning the stones and doing this and that and this and that um, the one thing that works against that is that Nebula from the past comes into the future so how can she become Nebula in the future and Thanos in the past comes in the future which means Thanos wasn't there in the timeline to snap his fingers and make that five years happen and so we do find ourselves a little bit no, in a grandfather paradox no, yes, he, mm,
3: how did I answer this last night
0: had a great answer for it last night. Okay, so Thanos from 2014? Yes, because that's when um, they were at, that's when
3: Guardians yeah. happened.
0: So Nebula, in the present day, uses the time platform thing to bring Thanos from 2014 into the future. So Thanos from 2014 is now in the future, and Tony Stark... Kills him with a snap. He does. There's nothing done to show us that he's returning these people back to 2014. It's done to look like he's 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 died.
3: Well, isn't that the isn't that the same thing as the Doc Brown
0: alternate 1955 thing? Uh, no, I, I no, it's not because now Thanos has left the timeline. He skipped over the snap. He's in the future now. And. Mm. And he doesn't go back as far as we can tell. He doesn't go back with his mind wiped to 2015 so he can live out that whole lifetime there to get us to the point where he does a snap, goes to his farm and gets killed.
3: But that already happened.
0: But it didn't happen before 2014.
3: No, but it already happened before this movie. See, this is where the this is where the whole time travel thing you start having mind
0: Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying. Players. So if, if you think too much about it, there's gonna be problems. But then you if you step back and squint, you get emotional character arcs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think
3: I think yeah. they've left it intentionally vague so that they could play there if they needed to. Or wanted to.
2: Yeah, but I recall some specific dusting for Thanos at the end. So.
3: No, no, no. I, I'm not arguing that. Okay. What I'm saying is if they needed to play with other characters, we're, we're done seeing Thanos. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're done seeing Thanos. Maybe a maybe a, a hint here and there, but like his story was Infinity War and Endgame and, you know, the Infinity Saga whatever's next um we'll see what we'll see what that happens
2: okay
0: so yeah melt your brain yeah. a little bit when you're thinking yeah. through that <laughs> but
2: there is a little bit of a there's a paradox there yeah you're right after thinking about it
0: but let's talk about the awesome character moments though cuz yeah, you get the tony stark awesome par- character moment where he uses his intellect and he tricks thanos which is that's Tony, you know, like he's thinking he's one step ahead. He tricks Thanos. He gets the gems out of the, the glove. Thanos snaps his fingers. Nothing happens because Tony has the fingers or has the the, the gems on his fingers of his, his own glove. That's a great moment, a very Tony Stark moment. A great moment for Iron Man to, to go out on is the mm-hmm. snap and the, you know, everyone's cheering and stuff. But let's talk about Captain America's moment the defining moment for Captain America. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to say the one. I, I don't think I'm going to say the one you're, you're thinking of for me. It was when he's standing there alone. He, first of all, Thanos has just literally, you know, crushed him and he stands mm-hmm. up and he is the only one who's standing and he is not backing down. And there's Thanos and Thanos army. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay, so the Tony thing was a character moment where you get to see this is a defining moment for this character's character. The same thing here. Looking at Captain America, he's the one who says, I'm not going to back down. I could do this all day. I'm going to get back up. Of course, he doesn't say I could do this all day, thankfully. but he's he, Well, I was waiting. In before. this moment, he doesn't. But he he's going to stand up. He's going to stand for what's right. He is not going to back down, even if he's the only one.
3: When the world tells you to move, yeah. you stand like a tree. Yeah, of course, and that's that. Big,
2: big, the big cheer actually fell on when he lifted uh, Thor's hammer.
0: Right, right. But the, that's not a but defining that was moment just, to
2: me. I think that was just more of a confirmation of he is worthy, and he could, and he is always going to stand up.
3: Well, no. no, I mean when he when he when he's getting when he's moving, and in my head I'm hearing I could do this all day, because he doesn't like bullies. I'm hearing that conversation from um, the first Avenger with Dr. Erskine where Mm -hmm. he's like, I I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. And he sees Thor, he sees Thanos as a bully.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, he, him picking up the hammer. It's a great moment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's an incredible moment. It got huge, huge cheers because he's finally doing this thing that everyone knew he could do, but no well everyone except for the people in the movies thor <laughs> though saw it yeah thor is the only person even cap didn't realize he moved that hammer a little bit in ultron but thor saw it and for a moment got worried cuz he's going to lose a bet you know <laughs> but <laughs> but he's even thor cheers a little bit when cap picks up the hammer and, and thor's what like i knew saying?
3: it <laughs> he says finally yeah i knew it or something like that yeah that was
0: awesome. So no, that that was a confirmation of what everyone already knew—that he yeah. is worthy. But him, that picture of him just standing there, the small figure on the landscape as an army is getting ready to stand against him. And I want he, that print. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful. It's a yeah.
3: beautiful shot,
0: and that, it's when that. Yes, it's beautiful because it's first of all it's beautiful, but it's beautiful also because of just what it is about this character who makes mm-hmm. it, it makes him something more than just a superhero in a comic book or a superhero in a movie. It, it it really does make him. I think this is the defining moment that says, yeah, this is someone to aspire to be. Mm-hmm. This is someone to aspire to be, which is that you're going to stand up for those who can't stand. And you're going to stand up against people who would knock others down, that you're going to stand up and you're going to do what's right and you're not going to back down because, you know what? Someone has to stand.
2: You know, he's always been this character, though.
0: That's what I'm saying. This is a character-defining moment. This is not a character arc moment. But you're... Exactly, Samantha. Like, this is...
2: I feel like his true character-defining moment was that moment way back in the first Avenger where he, as Skinny Steve, threw himself on the grenade, even Mm -hmm. though it was just a dummy. It was that Skinny Steve when he was cornered... Cornered in the alley by all those bullies, and he was st- still getting up.
0: Yep, and you get There's that one bully. Yeah, but you get this
2: <sighs> on a large um, scale. Yes,
0: it's just in a in a single frame. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's it's just I loved it. Loved that's it. Great, great
3: uh, shot, and and composition. I mean, that's a that's a painting. Mm-hmm. That's a painting on my wall someday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, I wonder. The- I, I'd be curious to know if that's in if that's a comic, if anybody's seen that in the comics before. Because I'd be very, like that. I would buy that issue.
0: Well, I I would say go ahead and and look for the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War, Mm -hmm. Um, because there is the idea there is that Captain America stands up against Thanos when Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet and. Yeah, there's a bit of that there. And there is another comic where he picks up Thor's hammer and uses Thor's hammer and um, shows that he's worthy to lift up the hammer.
2: And um, that moment I was talking about where my boyfriend had to get up and go to the bathroom when Steve picked up the hammer.
0: You're kidding. That far in the movie? Yeah. Oh, that is really too bad. He should have gone earlier. I know. I
2: know. (laughs) I really need to teach him about the uh, the low moment that the heroes have to meet before the um the um driving action towards the end of the movie occurs uh, i
0: I really should have shared with you the article I found that actually gave like two or three yeah moments where you that. you could if you gotta go, here's when you can go, but don't go in the last hour of the movie,
2: <laughs> yeah right. no. yeah um, I'd love to have that' because, oh, man he he should have gotten up about half an hour earlier, really.
0: So,
3: yeah. Yes. Um,
0: and so, so the, the other thing is Cap gets the dance. Yes. And we see the dance. Yeah. and
3: You cried. I didn't cry because I wasn't crying.
0: I did not, cry, not at cry at that.
2: I got snot all over my Groot and Rocket <laughs> t-shirt <laughs> during that whole thing. <laughs>
3: yeah. All I can tell you—that's you why that I said some, bring
2: the tissues.
3: <laughs> somebody must have been chopping garlic or chopping onions, onions or something him. in that theater because I, I wasn't crying at that moment, so it's fine.
0: So again, you know, this is a good defining ending for him, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that was a perfect scene to end on. Even though it was technically back in time,
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: but we saw him as an old man. You want to tell us about the woman that nope. you married? Nope. <laughs> Which is really nice, you know, and um, yeah. So you you have Iron Man get his just beautiful send off. You have Captain America get his beautiful send off. Uh, you also get Captain America fighting himself.
2: Oh, the hail Hydra moment!
0: Ooh, that was fun too.
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: when they when he got into the elevator,
2: <laughs>
3: I I was I I almost. Oh,
2: Sitwell, Sitwell is back. Yeah, it's zombie yeah. Sitwell. Sort
0: of, <laughs> I. So he gets in the elevator, and I'm just uh, almost rolling my eyes because there's a couple coincidence things happening in this movie where I'm just like, "They, this is just so forced," you know. But you thought that was forced? Oh yeah, no. Well, I mean, it is forced. It is because but... he, he steps in the elevator, and it's not only exactly like that, but like two yeah. of the people from two of the people from that moment were in the elevator with him, and I'm just like, yeah. "Oh my goodness! Oh come on!"
2: Yeah, but this is this is before their that moment in their timeline. This it is a couple years before.
0: It doesn't matter. We saw the movie and, and they're setting it up so it's exactly the same setup. But Ta-da! then the pa- <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I don't like that until the payoff happens. And then Oh,
2: you are an Eeyore.
0: No, I yeah. You guys yeah. I know. It's coincidence. I do not like coincidence. I do not like coincidence that you have the, that moment that looks exactly the same as the other, you know, to we're to having well, actually like two of the same actors who are already there.
2: Yeah. And, well, and, and, to, and you could see it in Steve's eyes as he stepped in. He recognized it as a coincidence. And he and he still went in.
0: But it's the payoff. And when the payoff yeah. happened, I was just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So, I mean,
3: that this movie is full of those moments, though.
0: That's why it's four stars for me instead of five is because and I'm not going to begrudge on that. I mean, that's what the movie is set up to do. This whole movie is set up to to reference those other times. Mm -hmm. So even when they're not in that same time, they're still referencing other things and other movies that we've seen and loved and enjoyed. And they're putting a little twist on things, you know, like Hail Hydra. That's the twist. You know, you're expecting one thing because you've seen it before and now you get this that you would never have expected but makes total sense that he knows that they're Hydra. He knows what they want and it's it was wonderful. Like the the trick. The trick could have happened in any way though. Like he, still, right. he could have done the same trick not on the elevator. You know, and, and it could have just been sit well and, you know, just crossbones or whatever. But... It just, yeah.
3: That's why I gave it a five, because I love those things. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say Back to the Future Part 2 is my favorite Back to the Future movie, because of the the scene where he's at the fish under the sea dance, and he's trying to sneak around the back, and he's, and Marty is up on the stage, and then he's got the, I mean, that's a great, great scene, and I love it. And this is the only other movie that I can think of that does the same thing.
0: But I would argue the difference between them is that in Back to the Future 2, it's not coincidence. It's repeating. It's actually living through it again. And so for this, it is coincidence. It is, you know, well, it just happens to be the exact same setup that you saw before and you loved before. And, and that's why it's four stars is because. I just – that's that's something I, I don't like. I love referential stuff. I love circular storytelling. I love going back to the beginning, you know, and 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 that's something that, that – why I do love the Back to the Future series. And it's because of the way it just circles back on itself and back on itself um, and plays the time travel tropes just like this movie did. Um but, again, I, I can't begrudge it that because that's what the movie is intended to be. This movie is intended to be the end of 20 years – or not 20 years uh, – 22 movies, 10 years. It's meant to be exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And and so all these things that I'm saying, ah, blah, 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 Eeyore, Eeyore, I'm such a big you know, loser, negative <laughs> Nelly um, – and, and whoever's listening right now, you know, maybe you're saying the same things or maybe you're agreeing with me, who knows, but if you're uh, agreeing with Ben, write in, please. If you're agreeing with me, then you're right, but you're in New York. But the the point is, you know, that's what this movie was made to be and made to do. And mm-hmm. it worked well and it got all the cheers, you know, and it got all the tears.
2: You know, I, I- we also had this problem last season on um, Agents of Shield, because the version that of Agents of Shield we saw was the one time they actually got out of the loop, and so we're stuck with one timeline where, in the future, um, all the people that they met that are still alive are keep living on, and the other version um, is, w- which is the ver- version that we're going to continue to see. Um, in the other version, they actually successfully keep the earth from cracking. So, I mean
0: Yeah, that's that's the Star Trek two thousand nine thing, where yeah. Spock goes back in time to stop uh Nero because Nero goes back in time to Oh uh, to
2: to kill Kirk's father who was played by uh um uh, Thor. Chris yeah by Thor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so what you've got going on though is when Spock goes back in time to stop the bad guy, he's actually stopping the bad guy in a new timeline, which and it yeah. creates a new timeline, and so then all that stuff is in this brand new timeline. They don't have to worry about continuity and stuff like that, which is you know kind of a really well thought out way to avoid uh, breaking canon in a prequel. And they can tell the story that they want to tell. But what it ends up doing is shifting focus away from the timeline that you spent so much time in, which is why some Star Trek fans turned against the movie. Because, and actually one of my friends right after seeing the movie is like, it just erased everything that I know. It just erased everything from Star Trek. It, It didn't erase it. It just created a second timeline where you have different people. Who are similar to the people in the other timeline, and yeah, so I just, yeah, I, I, it's a workable thing, but
2: yeah, um, so yeah, thinking back, I think the first time around when we saw Steve talking to older Peggy and she was on her deathbed, I think she was talking about, um, oh, his name just went out of my head. Uh, from the Peggy Carter series, he, he had a limp. Jarvis? Not Jarvis. No. no. Um, um The blonde guy? No, the guy who no. was in dollhouse.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's been so uh, long.
2: I think honestly, then she was talking about him. I think she eventually married him, but when Steve was done returning all of the stones to their proper timelines, I think he went he decided he was going to go back. And get back together with Peggy.
0: So he stole her from her husband? Yeah. Ew. I don't like but that at all. She
2: she wanted to be with him anyways.
0: Yeah, so she gets married to a guy and then leaves the guy for the ex-boyfriend because he came back.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. She didn't. She married Steve before she married the other guy.
0: Oh, uh, so that erases Peggy Carter's series.
3: Yes. No! 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 See, Maybe. this is why. No, no. This is well, why. It rewrites
2: it. I mean, because I can't see Steve telling her, "No, you have to stay home and cook." I mean, I, I can't see him doing that. He spent but, too much time in our time to- in our um, time frame.
0: No, By it has nothing way, to do with telling her to stay home and cook. What I mean is, if he goes back in time and marries her, then yeah, you're, you said it rewrites it, but mm-hmm. but I say. Well, rewrites is the same as erases. Um, True. And, and, and so this is where I'm just eh. no. He had to, he went back in time, and it was him all along. Yeah. It was him okay. all along, and they keep it a secret to the world. And he went out and had adventures. He went out, he was pretending to be someone else, maybe he grew a mustache or something, and he's living in the suburbs, she goes off to work, and he puts on a different costume and goes out and helps fight bad guys.
2: You know, or, I, think I think you're right that it was him all along because I was reading an article recently about Agent Carter and um, the showrunners did say she did not marry the guy on the crutches, she married somebody else, and they were refusing to say who.
0: They're refusing to say who because they, as the TV people, didn't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm wondering now since I saw this last night. I'm wondering was the plan to always have on the very last episode of Peggy Carter or Agent? I don't know why they keep calling her it it Peggy Carter. It's Agent Carter is the name of the show, but I keep wondering if the goal of that series at the very last episode. Like, towards the end, Steve knocks on her door.
3: Come and knock on my door. Well, no, how?
0: I mean, they, they wouldn't have known back no, then that known. this movie was going to do this.
2: True. Or maybe they knew that maybe that's how they wanted to plan it out, that eventually Steve does go back in time and go back to her.
3: Well, that's that's one of the situations where the, the TV people and the movie people needed to really communicate and didn't.
0: Um, yeah, I think that the TV people could hint that it was going to be someone. Uh, but then, you know, like you said, they said that it wasn't going to be him. Um, but I think they could hint at things, but I don't think that they could take it as far as to make that big of a leap. Okay. And, and then her saying that now that was in winter soldier though, right? Mm hmm. And Winter Soldier was the Russo brothers, right? Yep. So I think it's possible that they knew at that point that this is something that was possibly going to happen.
2: Mm. Then does this mean that Steve told her when she was younger that he went to go visit her on her deathbed? There's another problem.
3: No, he would never have told her that.
0: I think he might have. I think that she was, well, on her deathbed, she was she had a little bit of dementia though, right? Like she didn't remember things. And so, um, I think maybe Steve was sitting back at home like, Oh, I hope she doesn't say something. (laughs) 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 You know, but I, I just, uh, the more I was thinking about it after the movie, the more I was just thinking this actually, uh, uh, there's some really interesting possibilities here where he has gone back in time. He has been married this whole time, this whole time in the background he's been there they could do stories about captain america not captain america maybe as um as as nomad rogers as nomad he could be nomad and and be doing you know 70s adventures and and 80s adventures where he's just making sure nobody knows who he is uh, but he is you know still i'm going to use my gifts and abilities to help people but I just I think have to he's do it as, at home knitting well it, ma- maybe he's, he's knitting maybe really he fast <laughs> he's knitting really fast and he's using his gift and abilities to make scarves for homeless people or something like that but
2: maybe or maybe he became a cop and he just stayed a cop or yeah no he I, sold insurance and had like this really boring boring day job
0: you know well he may have had the day job I mean I don't know but just there's so many possibilities there. There's so many possibilities yeah. of storytelling in the five years later, mm-hmm. you know, like that mm-hmm. just, Oh my goodness. Like there's so much. And we've talked about this before about how, you know, what if the snap doesn't get undone and what if the next season of agents of shield was during you know, the time of the snap, you know, and, Um,
3: crossing my fingers oh Mm. man
0: and 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 so actually i was wondering okay so i'm thinking they're gonna undo the snap and so all that stuff that five years that happens wouldn't have happened i'm thinking that they undo the snap you know time passes but they undo the snap and it's just a small group of people who remembers that and Mm -hmm. we you know and and so steve and tony and and bruce and and clint they they all remember it
3: And they keep it a secret so that the world doesn't remember it. Right. But I like the idea that it was five years later and everybody remembers it.
0: Right, right. Well, and so when I thought it was going to be that they were going to fix it, I thought, well, the best thing you could do for the TV series is, okay, if, if it gets fixed in a month, that's a month of S.H.I.E.L.D. helping the world. You know, now you've got five years, Ben. I know. And I'm just, man, can you imagine our TV show being about those five years and and our team is helping the world just get held together?
3: So so what's really okay? so if you start putting some pieces together and looking at it sort of squinty eyed and and, uh, you know, off kilter a little bit, we didn't know that the show was coming back. Right. And then we didn't know it was coming back for two seasons after this because it is coming back for um season mm-hmm. six and a season seven, right? Yeah. So it's coming out for two seasons. You combine, you put that piece of knowledge next to the whole Disney Plus thing that Kevin Feige has said anything that is produced on Disney Plus will be part of the MCU. It makes me wonder if Kevin Feige took a little bit more interest in. To the whole TV MCU thing,
0: I I don't know. I'm really curious. What are they going to do? What does this mean for our TV show? Yeah, you know, which is
3: what I had. This is the same conversation I had with myself after Winter Soldier.
0: Agents of Shield ends just before the snap. That's the last scene in our show. Was just before the snap. Because the people on the TV show didn't know what was going to happen. And we had proof of that with the subtitles. They changed dialogue. The subtitles was of the newscast of what was happening in Infinity War in New York was talking about an invasion, the likes of which we haven't seen since uh, the mm-hmm. event, you know, New York, whatever. And they changed it. They didn't change it in the subtitles, but they did change the dialogue. And the dialogue was changed to make it just be about New York. And I, I'm convinced that they thought from watching the trailers that that, that footage they used from the trailers was worldwide invasion. I'm convinced that that's what they thought when they scripted it, when they shot it, and then they get the and then the movie comes out and they're like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> and they have to make a change really quick. But the move, yeah. you know, the TV show ends right before the movie happens or right before the snap happens, I should say. Um,
3: speaking of TV, we forgot to mention Jarvis from the TV, our TV shows oh, actually yeah. exist in the MCU, guys.
2: I'm the only one who squeaked in my theater <laughs> about Jarvis. It's like, that's yes. James Darcy. Yeah.
0: My son leaned over then as well. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> there were people in my theater who, who it was a small, small, mm-hmm. small group of people who let out a tiny, small cheer, but they did. They did. Good. And that's why Tim asked me who it was.
3: Because I the the one thing I wanted out of Infinity War and then didn't get, and the one thing I wanted out of this movie and got was some sort of nod back to our TV show. Some sort of I mean, I would have I tweeted out that I would have loved to seen like wanted posters for the Defenders, or something, right? Just something that says, by the way, all of those TV shows, those sixty hours worth of TV shows that you watched, actually it existed in the same universe and we got it. Yeah,
0: But it all existed before infinity war. Like, yes. All yeah, of yeah. Netflix happens before infinity war because yes. it couldn't happen afterward. But imagine a Punisher series during the five years. <gasps> oh, that'd be Ooh. awesome. The, the five years thing, when it showed, when it showed up, I was like, Oh my goodness. And then my heart sank like, Oh, you don't get to see any of the stories of the five years. Oh, there's so much going on. And then then you see Scarlett Johansson, who's not Scarlett Johansson, who is Black Widow. You see her and she's like coordinating all these things around the the world. I'm just, oh, this is so cool. There's some really interesting, interesting stuff they could do here. And they kind of get into it a little bit with Hawkeye, where Mm -hmm. he's going around and he is a force for justice his brand of brutal justice, but force for justice nonetheless, um, in in what could have been a much more lawless world.
3: It'd be interesting to see a Punisher Hawkeye team up.
2: Mm. Though after this movie, I doubt that Hawkeye is going to go back on the road because he's already lost his family once.
0: Okay, so, no, I, but here's the thing. I'm talking about He's got a TV show years. coming.
2: Oh, during the five years, yes.
0: Hawkeye has a TV show coming on Disney+. Plus.
2: Mm.
0: What's it going mm-hmm. to be about? Well, I, I doubt it's going to be about his time during the snap, but maybe it could be. That could be really interesting. Yeah. Except that we see him go to his darkest moment there. And, yeah, so who knows. But let's talk about Hawkeye and Black Widow. They get sent off. They have their moments, you know, where their their friendship is is brought back to the forefront, and they then you have Budapest them again. Yeah, they do, and then they end up in the same spot where Thanos and Gamora were.
3: They land on Vormir, and I went, "Ah, oh, mud." My... Mm. I was like, "Well,
0: which one?" Hmm. And so were they. <laughs> yeah.
2: I actually yeah. gave that moment a lot of thought today, and I realized that uh, Natasha actually gave – she she did the right thing. She was the one who should have jumped because Clint has a family that he's trying to get back, and he needs to go back to them. He, he shouldn't jump off and then let Natasha come back to them and say, your dad died for you guys. Because if he had done that and she went back, then – then from his family, there she would get back. Why didn't you jump? Why couldn't he survive?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on that level. And then there's also the level of, from the beginning, I've got a lot of red. I've got a, yeah. ro- a lot of red in my ledger. And so this is, again...
2: Well, now so does he.
0: Well, yeah, he does. <laughs> That's true. And that might have been one of the driving forces for him, is, I, you know, I'm broken now. You know, can I go back to my family as the man that I've become now? Uh, but the thing that I'm pointing out is this is another one where, I mean, this is a monumental task that these guys did in creating this movie. I mean, the Russo brothers directed it. You had other people writing it, and you had other you know producers involved, and the actors were involved in helping you know define the characters, and so you have tony with you know finally getting family and and doing you know the sacrifice thing uh you have cap you know finally getting to be with uh peggy but then also you know he's standing against them we have those character defining things that show us who they are and the same thing happens here with black widow where she is finally she probably has the best character arc as far as this ends an arc for her where from the beginning she's been trying to you know erase the red in the ledger this is her sacrifice is for literally billions and billions of people and it's also for clint and his family who she loves you know she you may say she did the right thing for him because he shouldn't jump and that's true but also he's doing the sacrifice for all those people and his family she loves his family too
2: that's right, because she's Aunt Natasha, Aunt, yeah. Aunt Matt to them.
0: Yeah, this is, you know, she,
2: Yeah.
0: I see her, yeah, she's giving up so that he can go back home, but also she's doing it so that that they can get him back home, you know? For those kids that she loves, her their father gets to go back home because of what she did. And mm-hmm. so she does it for him, but she's also doing it for his wife and his kids, and then, of course, the billions and billions of people <laughs> that, yeah. that are out there. Um, but it, it's it's tough because it's the noble sacrifice, and that is a hard thing sometimes to kind of sort through. Um, but the that's what it becomes. The question I have is if she jumps, is he making the sacrifice? Is he sacrificing the thing he loves?
2: I think she made the sacrifice. And because he just happened to be there, that's why um or maybe right. she was the only thing that she she was the only thing that he truly loved that was left living. That may be it,
0: yeah, it's just but he didn't throw her off like Thanos did. That's the
2: no, no, she chose to go. As a matter of fact, they fought each other to go. Right, and right. Um, going back to her deciding to make the sacrifice, um earlier in the scene, she said that until that moment, she didn't know her father's name. Which I couldn't hear because people were cheering for for Red Skull. Oh. Um, Yeah.
0: It it was interesting because he calls her daughter of and then her father's name and then calls him son of his mother's name. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's another reason
0: I have to see it again is because the dialogue was so low in the theater that any kind of audience reaction at all, you couldn't hear what was going on.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's really interesting.
2: so she didn't know her father she's always wanted a father here comes clint and he starts a family he's a father figure that she admires she wants his children who she loves as her own nieces and nephews to go back and have their father so that's yeah yeah so that's why she jumped and for also the Trillions and trillions yeah, of yeah, other
0: yeah, species. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were they were the um the representation of all, all of the people who did disappear.
0: Right. They were the ones who made it personal.
2: Right. So um
3: two things. I don't know that the or a couple things. I don't know that the pool, the the cliff and everything is able to distinguish, you know, your I mean, probably because it's an infinity stone and they're pretty much magic and they can do whatever the plot desires. Um, Secondly, I'm very glad it didn't turn out to be that they were long lost lovers the whole time, but they were actually truly friends. Like this is this their relationship um, transcended romantic love and was at that sort of, you know, best friend, uh, you know. uh, Brothers in arms. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and that and that's really cool. I'm I'm glad to see that because you could have written that in that scene specifically. I don't know how the rest of the relationship would have worked, but if it was two male friends or two female friends, the result would have been the same. Yes, and that's pretty cool. Um, and that's all I had about that because I forgot the last bit. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in this movie. We're going to end up talking about it for
0: weeks.
2: Yeah. Because uh, uh, we, we are, what, almost like an hour and a half, two hours into this discussion no, already? No,
0: well, almost an hour and a half. But hour, um, yeah. OK, so and then you have Clint. He gets his family back and it's great. It's wonderful. I love that they opened with him and and that we got to see the snap happen with him and and with that. his family. Oh, before the uh, studio card.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> this was sort of a cold open to the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've had this happen before with an MCU movie. Am I wrong?
0: No, we have. We have.
2: We have? Okay. You, yeah,
0: scene, scenes before the, the Marvel title card.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. we, ha- we have had that. Okay. Um, not often. I couldn't tell you how many times. So I just said not often, and I'm just going to say it again and, and sound confident. Not often uh but i don't know <laughs> how many <Okay>. times <laughs> so uh it it just it, it, it was a nice opening um and then we got to to have that moment at the end with him as well where he his family's there and it was hard when he went back in time and goes to the door cuz he hears his family and they hear him but he disappears before they're able to come back And, you know, his daughter comes to the door. Um, But yeah, Hawkeye gets his own series and we'll we'll have to wait and see what it is.
3: Scarlett Johansson's getting a Black Widow movie.
0: Okay, so I wanted to throw this idea out. I don't think this is it anymore because I don't think they could get away with it. Uh, I think fans would turn on them. But I wondered if maybe they were making – you know, these press announcements about the black widow movie to make you think that she wasn't possibly going to die just like Spider-Man, you know, that'd
3: be interesting.
0: And that they actually weren't going to make the movie. And I don't think they can get away with that though, because people have been wanting that movie and people are, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, Cause
3: now but it has to be a prequel line
2: that she did not know her father's name. I'm wondering if it's going to be like a flashback. Uh,
0: yeah. Her, sort of movie. her movie has to be a, a prequel movie where it, goes, and
2: it
3: has to be like a cold war, like spy thriller type. Yeah. Movie.
2: Like how she got out of the, uh, um, mm-hmm. that yeah. agency. Yeah.
0: So we'll, we'll see. <sighs> we'll see.
2: Which I, so, I know, I know Ben, you, you're you like, no, we've already seen that. And I'm, I, I, we only saw a snippet of it. I really want to see that full movie.
3: Okay, let's talk about Thor or er, either Thor or Hulk. Who do we want to go to next? Let's go with Thor.
0: Let's go with Thor. Thor. Finally, I get to see representation yes! on screen <laughs> of, of, who of I am of me. Dad Bod. The
2: the That uh, is Thor. not Dad Bod. That is Long weekend that extended out to five years, Bod.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, on tomato. our thread, it's 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 a different journey, but the same destination.
3: <laughs> tomato tomato, yeah. Samantha.
0: Yep. Yeah. This guy, man, he takes off his shirt and <laughs> I think it's really funny that, you know, every movie you get the shot of the hero without his shirt and and you know, something for the ladies or whatever. And uh and here it's something for
3: um, no one at all.
0: <laughs> well, it's something <laughs> where the ladies, the ladies, a lot of the ladies, are just like I see that every day.
2: <laughs> no, right. why this, do I this need was, this? This was in there. That was the cr- gratuitous joke about him taking off his shirt.
0: Oh, totally, and yeah. it was great. And my kids were grossed yes. out, and I'm just like, uh.
3: <laughs> well, so the joking aside. I mean, Thor's played for a little bit of comic relief in this, but it is really a interesting. Little bit. <laughs>
2: A little bit? It's a
3: lot. Yeah, okay. It's a lot. A lot. I mean, Thor is Thor is played for the comic relief. And I don't remember him being that sort of comic relief in the comics. But I think it works well for Chris Hemsworth and the and the writers and all that sort of stuff.
0: And it worked yeah. for Ragnarok. And that's what mm-hmm. they were going for. And then in Infinity War, he's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy crew.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Or at least uh, Rocket and, and Groot. And so we've seen it happen. And now this is the one send-off that I'm like, this isn't the greatest send-off. And you know why it's not the greatest send-off? Because it's not a send-off. This is Thor saying, hey, I'm going to go into the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I think. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's interesting to
3: see how he um, fell into that depression, right? So in the very beginning of the movie, he was all ready to do a rap battle with his hoodie. And then, the middle, you know, he goes away for five years and drinks a lot of beer and he's fallen. I mean, he's gone down into the the depths of depression that it's not an insignificant number of people on the planet Earth. And so, you know, and he's playing the video games and eating pizza. I mean, you know that guy. And that's a really interesting thing to play with. And juxtaposing him with a god, right? Who can wield Stormbringer and well, near.
0: Yeah, it's, well, it's not just that though. I mean, he is. It's all avoidance there. Like he is yeah, yeah. not willing to really tackle how he's feeling. And and he thought that what he was feeling was just would be taken care of with 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 revenge, and so cutting off Thanos' head didn't do anything to help him.
1: Well,
2: it's really regret, because he had the chance once before the first snap to cut off his head, and he didn't think to cut off the head. And And you could see that in his eyes in this movie when he finally did cut off Thanos' head. And I don't know why people in in my theater, they laughed at that moment that he finally got to do it, and it was not a funny moment.
0: They laughed at the moment, and then they laughed at the line, too, afterwards, where he said, said, what are you doing? He said, I went for the head. And it, the line is kind of a laugh line, except for the face and the voice that's saying the line. That he, was
2: not a funny moment.
0: No. And, and he is, it's empty. It's an empty, hollow moment for him where he thought it was going to be a moment of catharsis. He thought it was going to be a moment where my emotions are going to finally, finally, finally find relief. But it's not because it's just empty. It doesn't do yeah. it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't help anyone.
2: And that justifies the Thor Lebowski. I mean, as funny as that sounds, and that whole concept is, it justifies why he became that way.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. because he is avoiding any kind of emotion now. You know, he is yeah. he's drowning it in alcohol and he is drowning it in the the vicarious thrill of the video game. And Fortnite? He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have a bit uh, of a headcanon
2: moment there. Yeah. I think the little jerk kid that they think that they're playing against <laughs> is not a kid. I think it's Deadpool. Well, this is just me headcanoning, yeah, but you, I think you, it's Deadpool. You, you go ahead and headcanon that. But uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's a kid necessarily either. I mean, he's he's got an image in his mind of this. It's himself, you know, like he's got this image yeah. of his mind of, you know, the guy in his in his mother's basement.
2: So I mean, it's just so, funnier if it's Deadpool.
0: It, it is for you. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: if if
2: he
3: so what's really interesting is they go back to um, what is it Thor the Dark World? Is that the one? Yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been the one they go back to Thor the Dark World and again do the Back to the Future 2 thing where you see sort of the other side of things. And he gets to speak to his mom, Frigga, better mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Yeah. Renee Russo. It, that was great because how many times you know I, thankfully my mother is still around but she lives very far away right i can't just walk up to her and be like hey mom impart some motherly wisdom to me and, you know but there are some people out there where their mother is not around and and thor is one of those i mean he's an orphan he's dealing with some big stuff you should be able to rely on your parents and he can't. And so it's interesting to have this God have to deal with, um, you know, failure <laughs> and, it, and, and the feelings of failure.
0: It's a great moment. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And this is where, you know, it's not relying on, on coincidence, you know, to <laughs> make it so that it's, um, Hey, we're referencing something. No, they are just going around in the background of all the stuff that's already happening. and, mm-hmm. And that's nice. Um, Natalie Portman. I'm assuming that is just from the movie. I'm assuming. I don't think it is. I don't know. I Because
2: she said she was was done. That was years ago. But this is one day's worth of work that she would have filmed.
0: I don't know. Well. we'll, And
2: I I think she did come back because she's listed very high in the end credits.
0: I didn't notice her in the end credits. But yeah.
2: Very um, high.
0: But the. The. When, when she showed up on the screen, I was like, you're kidding me. (laughs) And like, they got her back. Okay. Um, But anyway, you know, it's them running around in the background and then uh, he hates that moment with his, with his mom. And it's a great time. She knows I was raised by witches. So I, I know these things. I see these things. Oh yeah. Great. This is great. And he gets to say goodbye. For real. Yeah.
2: I really did like that moment.
0: Except for the fact that it was Thor the Dark World. <laughs> but it,
3: it takes. He needed
2: that time with his mom. Yeah, it t- it, it no, doesn't matter when it was. He it needed takes that it.
0: scene and and maybe adds a little depth to Thor the Dark World where you know, hey, while this movie's going on, Fat Thor is here talking to his mom. <laughs>
3: Okay, okay. I will make a promise that I will rewatch Thor: The Dark World and see if it matters.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's going to change it for you. Uh, don't don't do this on just my account of what I just said right now. But um, if you have to watch it, if you're forced to watch it, you can at least have that to hang on to. There you go. Okay. All
2: right. Also, I like that to turn things around. Rocket was calling Thor rac- uh, Rabbit. Did you catch was that? Was he?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's talk about Hulk. Yeah.
3: This caught me totally off guard. Me too. Totally Mm -hmm. off guard. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting it. I mean, the way they left him in in um, Infinity War, I thought there was going to be more of a struggle, and I then there wasn't. It was just like, hey, I'm in a diner eating.
0: But there was a struggle. (laughs) It just all happened. Off camera, during the five years, which,
3: I, I mean, I guess the struggle is he went to therapy, <laughs> and then sort of became you know meditated, um, I, and be and found himself.
0: Well, he he even says you know the that Hulk failed and I failed, and and you know what we just decided we're we're better off together you know and so, um, yeah I. It's a great thing. Again, they're just kind of building on this this arc. Now they've talked about this, where Mark Ruffalo has talked about how they had a three movie arc with Hulk that they mm-hmm. that they were playing with, and and part one of that three movie arc was Age of Ultron, and part two of that three movie arc was no wait no part one was Ragnarok mm-hmm. when they when they actually sat down and did the plotted it out, but it's it's part one was was Ragnarok part 2 was um Infinity War and this is part 3 where they are kind of it's a very nice it's not a send off for him because he's not going away he's he's just going to stick up or 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 show up in in some movie somewhere but and pass out tacos
3: yeah
2: you know, this would also make a really great moment for um, how he dis- how he became Professor Hulk as a comic to you know be attached to the this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah possibly, yeah. possibly. Because I, mean, I don't it
2: think it necessarily has to be a movie, but this would make a good comic. And somewhere in there, I feel like they have to address the relationship issues or the relationship that he potentially had with Natalie and how that went. Natasha. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Natasha, I'm sorry. Um, and how that went because by the time this by the time we got to that point in this moment, they were no longer in a romance.
3: That ship sailed a long time ago.
2: Yeah. But I, I mean but there may
3: we, be something there to like that he has to work through a little bit, but the I mean they've they've been separated first off, they never really had a like a a very strong romance it was that you know fifth grade i like you do you like me circle yes or no kind of romance
2: mm-hmm. that
3: but there was really a moment in
2: infinity war when they finally saw it saw each other again after a couple yeah. of years so i'm wondering was there anything that they did did they just decide to just be friends well i, well, I know that they decided just to be friends eventually but I feel like that's something else that they can address in a comic because it's not necessarily action driven. It's more of a yeah. character thing.
3: There's a story there if they want to tell it.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. But there's a lot. There's a, a billion stories that they could tell in that five years. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the ones with the superheroes are going to be brighter and, you know, they're going to have the, you know, muscles and costumes and stuff. But um, yeah. The, the five years is just ripe ripe for storytelling and and I'm curious if they're ever gonna do it, but it it's it's ripe <laughs> it's ripe for it um yeah and and I, I, I like
3: ripe for storytelling
0: yeah I, I I like him i i i I enjoy Mark Ruffalo as this version of the hulk and and this is it for him I mean they bring him out of it because um but it's it's not him that brings him out of it. It's uh, it's the ancient one, which mm-hmm. that was a cool a cool tri- time travel moment too, where they're they don't know what Doctor Strange is up to. They don't know his origin story, you know, and all that stuff. They
3: could drive down to the blockbuster
0: and rent it. Oh, <laughs> they could,
3: yeah.
0: Um, but it is 2012, so
3: okay so they have to drive to bend oregon to the last blockbuster and rent it there
0: <laughs> so but they you know he goes he talks to the the ancient one and they have an actual conversation almost a fight you know he, he's threatening I, I gotta take this and um yeah and the ancient one knows you're five years too early for dr strange so
3: that was a that was a cool moment again. Was. One more cool moment in this movie. And again, if you'd seen, you know, if you decided not to watch Doctor Strange, this moment wouldn't be as cool. So again, it rewards you for seeing all 22 movies or 21 movies and then this one. Yeah. And you you know who it is.
0: It rewards you for following the journey. Yeah. 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 Um Guardians of the Galaxy, there's Obviously, the the regret and stuff with with uh, Rocket losing everyone, um, but then you have Nebula and and her own arc where she is con- she has to confront her past literally, and that's really interesting. You know, this that's something you can't do in regular storytelling, but in sci-fi time travel, you have your character confront their past. Uh, and and she has to try and convince past her to be good, <laughs> and,
2: and no, she has to convince past her that Thanos is is not good. That's what yeah, all she has, has to do. Yeah, but um, because I don't know if she's ever going to be good in the goody good sense.
3: I love the opening scene with her and Tony playing table football. That was (laughs) pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Well, and then the the scene where she and War Machine are hiding on the planet um, and watching (laughs) Star-Lord do his dance. That
3: was hilarious. (laughs) They're playing the song and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this from the movie. And then they cut away from the diegetic sound to just them watching this goofball.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. I mean, he's a goofball with the music, but take the music away and even more so. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I Um, wanted
3: to – oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to – I like that table football thing because she won. And up against Gamora, she hardly ever won. But she she won that little football game and she had this look on her face like, I don't know how to feel because I I won.
3: So – when they cast Karen Gillan in this as her, as Nebula, for Infinity War, and then didn't hardly ever use her, um, I thought that was really weird. But then this is where she gets to shine. I mean, because Karen Gillan is not, you know, if you watched Doctor Who, you know that she's not a she's she's a pretty good actress, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie let her shine. I think. A lot more than any of the other Guardians movies.
2: Which is a feat in this movie.
3: Yeah. The stuff with her was really interesting. And I will be interested to go back and sort of examine it more closely.
0: And I'm curious where they're going from here Mm -hmm. uh, with with Guardians 3. And, you know, apparently there's a script already written by James Gunn. Um,
3: Who's going to get to direct
0: it again? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. I think
2: he has to go back and rewrite it now.
0: Well, maybe. Because
2: there's an Asgardian on the ship.
0: Maybe. Maybe he already knew, though. Maybe. Because, you know, that's the kind of thing. I mean, it's movie people and movie people, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. But I'm just curious, where do they go from here? Because they've got mind-wiped Gamora. They've got, well, not my No, wife, they've got
2: no, from past the past more. Right,
0: but she doesn't yeah. have that those she memories. Right. You know, and, and then you've got Nebula who has shot her. So Nebula killed her past self. Shot her in the heart.
2: Yeah, talk about like a paradox.
0: Well, and talk about easy kill. Like, I'm, I'm remembering the fight from Guardians 2 where they're, Gamora and Nebula are fighting each other in the cave. And it's like, wait a minute. She took a lot more punishment back then. But um but yeah, this isn't the this is uh, there's a there's a name for the paradox, I'm not sure what it is, but where you go back in time and kill yourself. Like that's 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 a, a time travel trope as well. But yeah, so she's killed past her and she's on the ship now with them. Uh Gamora's gone. She's missing. So I think she just took off on her own. Um, And Thor is on the ship.
3: (laughs) It'll be interesting to see what Guardians 3 is because I thought it was actually supposed to take up right after Guardians 2. And explore the whole Adam Warlock thing.
0: Well, there's the Adam Warlock thing. There's the other team of Mm -hmm. uh, Ravagers or whatever they are um, with Stallone. And Michelle Yeoh, right? Yeah, she's one of them. Captain I mean, George. Yeah, Will she have time for that? I hope. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, they they just they set up some really interesting things, and now more interesting things have been set up. I wonder how much of that was just handed to James Gunn, and they said, "Okay, so guess what? Can't tell you why, but Gamora doesn't remember Peter at all. Well, and Thor." Is on the ship, and he's got a belly, and long hair. By the way, Thor also got a cheer from my daughters. Anyway, when he did his hammer thing, and it did his hair, and they yes. they liked yeah. the they liked the hairstyle and the beard the beard braid.
2: Yeah, I did so, like his his final flight fight look. That that was that was very Asgardian.
3: James Gunn is credited as a producer on this movie. So that tells me that he had a little bit. I mean, he, he was probably oh. not one of the very few. He was probably one of the very few who knew the whole story. So. He's He may back. have
2: done some script doctoring. He may have. Yeah. So he knows. He knows. Or he knew before we did.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's say that.
2: um, so who
3: else do we gonna talk about?
0: Well, Thanos. Let's see. Dies definitively that's- twice. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't happen very often where the usually it's the bad guy dies, but no, he's not really dead. And then he dies at the end. But this right. nope, he dies twice. Yeah, that's
2: he had it coming. Twice. <laughs> yeah.
3: What do you guys think about his um, – after reading the novel, what do you think about his motivations now?
0: As long as I didn't think about the novel, they worked. As he's mm-hmm. talking about things and talking about the, the universe needs balance and this and that and the other thing, it worked. But as soon as I thought about two, 200 billion years,
3: <laughs> which yeah, if that's...
0: if you listen to our podcast last episode where we talked about the novel, you'll know what that means. Um, if you've read the novel, you know what that means, but um, –
3: by the way, I, a friend of mine um, read the novel in like two days or whatever, and we were talking about it, and she said the exact same thing. So,
2: yeah, it just doesn't fit anymore.
3: Mm-mm.
2: Let's see. Um, can Ant- I, Ant Man? You can get yes,
3: Ant Man, Scott Lang. I loved how he came back because there was no other way that he could have come back. They could not have fit in a rescue. Let's rescue Scott Lang moment in this movie. The only way it could have worked is by a rodent.
2: Yeah, We get Remy from Ratatouille. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Good thing. He's not around food. Um, (laughs) Because, and then that gives him the, you know, the MacGuffin, the time, time machine MacGuffin to get through the rest of the movie. But the, yeah, it had to have happened that way.
2: Yeah, and really, if it was not for that rat, Scott would not have come back. He wouldn't not have given the Avengers the idea of time travel that it is possible, um, and Tony never would have figured it out because he never would have thought about it. Right. So he it's the not rat. Hanging,
3: he was not hanging a lamp on his bathroom in his bathroom and slipped and hit his head on the porcelain, yeah. and that's what gave him the idea for the.
2: So, really, the the true hero of this movie and of the whole saga is that one rat.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sure. You know who the true hero is not? Captain Marvel. Yeah,
3: Yeah, that was interesting.
2: I was was really disappointed. I was, too. I I wasn't. I
0: wasn't. It's not her movie. But it was... I mean, it's a shared movie, you know.
3: Yeah, but it, but maybe this is maybe this is the old man in me or something. But she has not been around long enough for her to have that much of a stake. She needs to come in and you know kick some butt and take care of business when she needs to. But then otherwise, she's just solving the whole movie.
0: Well, and that's just it. I mean, they had to do the the whole "I'm off doing something else" excuse. So that she mm-hmm. doesn't just fix this movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, of course, showing up at the end was a a, a crowd pleasing moment
3: yeah. yeah, like she was there the right amount of time for me. I didn't want her there anymore,
0: but Kev Dog's talking about how she is kind of taking the place of the Tony Stark in the you know the upcoming phase, and of course we're we're looking at that through. You know, contract eyes, you know, where Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr., he's done. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really was expecting more from her. I liked her haircut. I liked what she did when she was there. But there was just, you know, a lot of time spent saying, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on in other planets. I did appreciate one of her reasons, though. The other planets don't have you guys. Right. Like, that was nice. That was nice.
2: And think about it. This is an Avengers movie. It's not a new Avengers movie. It's just the original Avengers 6.
0: And it really is, yeah.
2: Yeah. So she's just here to say hi and make a, a cameo appearance. And then in future movies, yeah, we'll get more. But right now, it's just, it's not her movie. It's not her time to shine, ironically. <laughs> she was just there to help.
3: But she, I mean, without her again, Tony doesn't come back to Earth. Without her again, the um, Infinity Gauntlet doesn't make its way down the field. You know, and then, of course, you have that.
0: <laughs> the end hey, ba- battle was totally just a football game. Yeah. yeah it was. <laughs> I expected the music to. <laughs>
3: No. See you sing that, and all I see is a um, is a chicken running with a golden arrow, because of Robin Hood.
0: Um, I, all I think of is uh, Goofy in one of those instructional videos.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but but she, you know, that scene when she comes out and they're like, she's not alone, because we're gonna rip off what we did in Infinity War. <laughs> I mean, homage what we did in Infinity War.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was another moment where it felt forced, but it was so cool. Yeah. You know, and my daughters kept, you know, my, my son says something like, yeah, I just felt so forced, and then my daughter's like, you don't say that when all the guys are just on screen all together. <laughs> it's like, nope. That's true. No, we don't. Yeah. You're right. And that's and that's
3: why I will not say that it was forced. But that it, is Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it is forced, but it. I won't acknowledge that it's forced
0: well and here's the thing anything in a story is forced mm-hmm. you know like every moment you can you can talk as much as you want about how oh it just came to me or oh it was just so natural and the characters no no you are making things happen and and yeah this one was made to happen and it was really neat and now i understand why i don't remember who it was but there was an interview like a year ago with one of those actresses, and I couldn't tell you which one, but what they were saying, yeah, we'd love to just see a girl Avengers movie, and I think that they said that because they had done this scene and were like this would be so awesome if we could all be in a whole movie together instead mm-hmm. of just this one or two minute scene uh, of the the final final ten yards of the the touchdown.
2: If they don't do a girls Avengers movies. Um, that whole scene of just all of the women lining up to say, Hey, we're heroes too. It's just, that, I honestly, I could have done it without that bit. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's anti-feminist to say it, it just felt kind of that felt forced. I mean, forced is when you put something up on screen and it does not feel comfortable and it just did not feel quite right to me. So
3: I wouldn't say that
0: when all the men get together.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's because that's every movie. But it's just...
0: It happened... I mean, okay, so Thor, yeah. Captain America, and Iron Man fighting Thanos, that's natural. Yeah. Uh, this, it wasn't, well, there, it wasn't natural.
2: Was a, yeah, but, there was a lead-up to those three standing up to, to Thanos.
0: Well, there was a 20-movie lead-up for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This but, moment and, where, it, you know, it's it's supposed to be like this Gandalf moment where... We can't do it. She could do it. Captain Marvel could do it. That's what I didn't get is that you can't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, she can. It's Captain Marvel. (laughs) She can can land the ship from space. (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah. She can go
2: out, find Tony in the vastness of space and bring him home. Save his life. Um,
0: But, hey, that leads to a good thing. The post-credit to Captain Marvel is her coming because the – the beeper went off and she Mm -hmm. says, where's fury. It, that actually happened before Mm -hmm. she went out and found Stark.
3: And it's a new scene. It's not a replay
0: of a scene that was in the movie. So she does that. And then she's around with them. And then they, you know, somehow they find out where Tony is and she goes out and gets him, but she's been around for a little bit when this movie starts. Or, well, when this movie goes in into Tony and Nebula and that whole thing.
3: hmm Okay. So the one other character I have is Happy. Oh, Happy. Nice moments. The Happy nice moments. moments when he is like, I'll buy you as many cheeseburgers as you want. Somebody, again, started chopping onions. And I wish I could find this person. Because... That just it just made my heart sink, you know, because he here he is I mean he's Uncle Happy at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. It's really nice. Uh okay, one last thing for us to talk about. I do have some feedback, but we're gonna do that feedback. I'm just gonna do that alone. Um uh another time <laughs> and and it'll be on this episode, but it'll just be me reading it and, and we'll we'll deal with it that way. Um, and that is we got a new normal. Five (laughs) years have passed and half the population has lived that five years without the other half the population. And then suddenly everyone is back. And so Peter walks into the high school and there's all those kids there. And half those kids have lived five years. They were, you know, if, if he's 17, they were 12 when he last saw them. And now they're and 17 you know with him. Got
3: snapped, and you know, Ned right. got stabbed away too because they are the same age.
0: So everyone in, in Far From Home was part of the snap because he, <laughs> they're all the same age. Uh, okay. Otherwise, they'd be yeah. in college, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how are they going to do this? I mean, we've talked about the TV shows a little bit, but but Far From Home now takes place after. I mean I'm assuming maybe they'll make some some switches or whatever but takes place after endgame that takes so place in, in a world that for 5 years had half the population
2: in 2020 Yeah. Or I'm sorry, not 20 uh, in 2022, 2023.
0: Well, uh, they went back
3: It's
2: not so, this summer.
3: So what's really interesting about Far From Home is that the trailer that was in front of the movie last night was the same trailer that was released a while ago. Yes. They haven't done this thing where they've rolled out new footage, you know, periodically like every other movie these days does. And so that makes me wonder if they're showing a very small amount of the movie in the trailer. Hmm. You know what I mean?
0: I don't know. I I just, this whole, this world is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. The, what they've done creates a whole world. It creates stakes. The stakes lasted. And it's just very intriguing. Like, where do they go? How do they go from here? There'll be prequel well, movies cool. with Black Widow and that kind of thing, potentially. Guardians of the Galaxy off in space. But Far From Home takes place in a world where all this stuff happened places and if it, are it destroyed.
3: doesn't it takes place in a world where it's going to happen so for some reason they timed line jump or something like that it takes place in a world where it's going to happen and so now you think okay well he's gonna get snapped sooner or later right I don't know yeah it, I, July is gonna be very interesting.
0: I believe Kev Dog did say that it takes place like right after Infinity War, or Endgame, rather.
3: So, so they're back. Okay, everybody, get ready to go to the trip. And he's like, "I don't have my permission slip sign. So, <laughs> so he has <laughs> to get a permission slip and all that sort of stuff. And I, I mean, I
0: don't know. I mean, what's... it's just.
3: What's How does great this work? about the Spider-Man movies is that there's a lot of minutia, right? So we're going to get a lot of those questions about like the way things work in this new paradigm, this new normal.
0: Here's the thing. You know, we didn't get a post credit in Endgame, which mm-hmm. people stayed. I knew that there wasn't a post credit because someone had prepped me for that. Um, and so I'm sitting there and we're just sitting there because we're sitting there. We're processing, you know, we're we're. We're talking and, and we're, we're sitting there. And I'm also now watching how many people are not going. They're not leaving. They've been conditioned to not leave. Not one person got out of our theater. Well, how many people groaned at the end of the movie?
3: Um, it was one o'clock in the morning. So there might've been some groaning, but it was very hard to tell.
0: There was a lot of groaning in my theater. And there was one person yelled out, what? And there was someone else, we waited for this. And I'm just like, you guys, didn't you take Captain America's advice in Homecoming? You know, you spend all that time and then you're disappointed.
3: For the kids in the back, what what was Captain America's advice in Homecoming?
0: Remember, he was the last post-credit scene. Oh. And it was him talking about disappointment and... Yeah.
3: Oh, because there uh, wasn't uh, like okay. a, an Infinity War trailer or something no, like no, that, right? it was just
0: him. And that was it. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for this, I'm just, yeah. And there was some sort of noise or whatever that I didn't hear because, again, the sound was really low. But at the same time, um, so, there's a lot of people who are really, really disappointed.
3: That it was noise, the sound
2: of a hammer on an anvil.
0: Right. That's
3: what I could tell. And the only yeah. thing I can think of is that image of Tony – Beaten the first um, Iron Man In suit the cave. into
0: into exist. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yep. Um, it was. Uh, I was able to kind of hear it, but kind of. It took me a moment. Like, I don't, am I even hearing it right now? And yeah, it just briefly, but I did catch so it. And...
3: the the only thing, the only other question I have is that this is. The culmination of, what is it, eleven years and twenty-two movies, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is, you know, a cinematic feat, right? Can they do it again, or and are they going to?
0: Not like this, I don't think. No.
3: I don't think you do this again. Yeah, and you do it. It's a, It's an incredibly slow burn. And you have to do it in a way that tops this way.
2: And without Stan Lee cameos. Yeah. Yeah. Which his he was just in in a car in the seventies and he turned to the camera and said, make love, not war.
0: But you know Mm -hmm. what, what makes it a good send off for him is that it was him in the seventies. They de-aged Stan Lee.
3: Mm -hmm. and he
0: is made to look like he looked in the 70s and i
3: had not thought about that so it
0: it really makes it again we get lots of send-offs here you know and this wasn't Mm -hmm. intended to be necessarily i do think that they may have known this would be the last one even if he hadn't died because you know they shot the last these last few all together and, and so with this one, though, de-aging him to seventies, Stanley, to him when he was doing these books and, and, and at his height as the editor in chief or whatever. And, um, it was nice. It was nice. And then the bumper sticker that said, Nuff said, which, yeah. which at first I was like, Oh, come on. And then, oh, Stanley's car. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> it's, but it's done in that kind of psychedelic, uh, seventies mm-hmm. Brady Bunch kind of font and,
3: well, and that's like wasn't that the time when he was at his at the at the height of his sort of
0: excelsior persona? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. or yeah, I don't know if it's the height. Maybe it is the height though, because in the eighties, it's less him. I mean, he's still the front man in some ways, but he has other people doing like the editor in chief job and he's, he's, he's the face of things there. But in the seventies, he was the face of things and he was, you know, a, a big driving force and I guess he never stopped being a driving force. But yeah, I, I just, I feel like that is one reason why this is uh, probably knowing, the best, the best final, final one for him.
3: Knowing that I appreciate it more before we had this little you know, school lesson. My, I was like, nah, I really like the one from Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I, I appreciate this more now that I had a little bit of a history lesson. Thank you, Ben.
0: You're welcome. I mean, the the Captain Marvel one is great because it's him, you know, right. It's Stanley exists in the MCU. Right. As a man who, I don't know what he's done. uh, But he was in a movie, you know, and then i like the <laughs> stanley as the guy who reports to the watchers mm-hmm. and is telling them about his exploits who might be an alien but is not a watcher i don't care what you say reddit he's not a watcher <laughs>
3: um, as the whole reddit says yes he
0: is yeah yeah uh but this one's mm-hmm. nice just because of that mm-hmm. just that you know he, he didn't say excelsior you know but the the make make love not war thing like that's you know, he, he used to throw out, you know, phrases like that. And um, it just it just fit well. It fit well.
2: I also liked the um, his cameo in um, Spider-Verse. Where he's talking about the death of Spider-Man. It just... Because it, his death at that point was just so recent. It just felt... To me at least. Um, because Spider-Man is one of the early characters that... Um, I became familiar with in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. uh, not just with the um, the movies uh, back in the early 2000s, but um, with the cartoon and, and such. Um, to me, that just felt appropriate to me. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I can see where someone who knows the history of the comic books, that this is more appropriate to them. And now that I know this... <laughs> All those details, and and I really think about it. Yeah, that is quite appropriate. Actually, all three of the past, the most recent ones um, from Spider-Verse, Captain Marvel, and this one, they just all seem very appropriate as send-offs.
0: Yeah, and also Teen Titans Go to the movies, which, if you've not seen it... Oh, I haven't. Watch that movie. It's fun and funny and irreverent, and there will be moments where you're like, can you do that in a kid's movie? (laughs) <laughs> and it's not it's not because it's super inappropriate it's because it's it, it's inappropriate in a different way, but it is just I busted a gut laughing my eight year old busted a gut laughing and my seventeen year old busted a gut laughing and okay. we we're all laughing at different things and and part of my gut busting was that I was watching my eight year old laugh you know it, it just it's a really funny movie and Stanley yes, has a cameo sorry, should have done the spoiler alert okay. All right, it is late. We've talked a lot about this movie. There is more to talk about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I have some feedback that we're going to be playing in just a moment here. But um, I think this will be the send-off for you guys as Mm -hmm. I I do that alone. Just, again, scheduling is going to make it a bear. So I'm going to play a sounder of some sort here. And when we're back, it'll just be me and your thoughts. And that will be our episode.
2: All right. Good night, everybody.
3: Night.
0: Assuming it's night wherever you're listening.
2: Right. (laughs) Yes.
0: All right. Now it's just you and me, listener, and other listener who might be listening with you. Who knows? I don't know. So, yeah, uh, we got some feedback here, and we are more than happy to continue getting feedback on uh, end game I'm sure we we'll have more conversations about end game and if we don't we will still be able to use our post credit sequences in other episodes to be able to talk about uh, spoiler end game spoilers and and uh, uh, feedback and stuff so the first feedback we got is from Mark Adams and agent Mark says um, subject line end game spoilers And by the way, I got this email before I even had a chance to even leave for the theater. So he says, Charlotte and I watched it this morning to a packed cinema. My worries were about missing some of it due to toilet breaks, but I survived. My thoughts. Number one, wow, that is jam-packed without feeling false. The amount of cameos was amazing. Cameos of characters, cameos of lines, of dialogue, of situations, I loved seeing the 1970 Ant-Man helmet. The DVD will be paused many times. They seem to have everyone in it except our man Phil. They even had the kid from Iron Man 3. 2. The story worked for me. It could have easily been two films, but I am glad it was just the one. The time travel part was right out of the original Contest of Champions, and the final battle reminded me of the climax to Ultimates 2. It brought the past films together so well. 3. While I liked the women of Marvel teaming up, I could already hear some YouTube commenters getting wound up, but it was great. Four, I laughed, I cried, I shouted, yeah, at so many moments. That was four. Uh, Five, Tony's sacrifice was tearful, but I expected him to jump awake or the funeral to be for someone else and then he would make a snarky, or starky, remark. Six, where does that leave us? Will we get Thor in Guardians of the Galaxy? How did the world cope with half the world being five years older? What does that mean for Peter Parker's high school class? My favorite five bits Hulk taking the stairs, Scott finding his daughter, the arrival of all the heroes at the end, Cap with Milner, realizing if. uh, Realizing I have the body of a Norse god. (laughs) Fat Thor. Charlotte had these five, Hawkeye teaching his daughter to shoot arrows, Hulk taking the stairs, Cap with Mjolnir, uh Spider-Man and Iron Man hug, Marvel's women coming together. Really, there are so many, we could change our minds every few minutes. Thank you guys for being constant companions on this MCU journey, and I do hope you will be there for many more years. Mark from Mark's Mess Podcast. And thank you, Mark. Agent Jessica also wrote in with the subject line, Endgame. Hey guys, it's been quite a while since I've written in. That is too true, Jessica, too true. Uh, Anyway, uh, but I wanted to send some feedback on the behemoth of a movie that is Avengers Endgame. I'm still processing, so my thoughts are probably going to be scattered, but I wanted to write while it's still fresh. Boy, that was awesome. And also kind of sad. I was actually really surprised that Cap didn't die. I thought it would be either him or Tony, but I was really sure that it was going to be just Cap or both. I was not expecting or ready for Nat to sacrifice herself, and I kept waiting for them to fix it. I'm still not okay about that one, to be honest. I just feel like we didn't get a good enough story arc from her yet. I know we're getting a Black Widow movie, but I am assuming it will be in the past. I just think she deserved a better end, as did Gamora. I'm sure, I am sure hope we are going to get the alternate timeline Gamora with the Guardians, because I would be really disappointed if that is the last we get of her. I loved all the scenes taking place with the previous movies, and was really surprised to see Frigga, Jane Foster, and the Ancient One make an appearance. I thought the scenes with Frigga were great, though I'm glad Thor got to say, and I'm glad Thor got to say goodbye to her. I think my favorite was the stuff at the Avengers Tower with Sitwell, Rumlow, and Security or Secretary Pierce, and hearing Cap say "Hail Hydra." If that is how they incorporate the Cap being Hydra story in the MCU, I am totally fine with it. I was also really excited to see Agent Carter play a role, and that we got to see Jarvis from the Agent Carter series. I believe that's the first time we've seen him in a movie, but I could be wrong. Seeing Cap with Peggy at the end was such a nice way to end Cap's story, and I'm actually really happy with it. I was a little sad we didn't get a Sif cameo, or any mention of her. I was also a bit surprised how underused Captain Marvel was, and Valkyrie actually, and how the only fight scene with Black Widow was her fighting Hawkeye over who was going to jump off the cliff. I did like the end battle where they had all the female fighters in a shot, but it almost made it sadder for me that Black Widow wasn't there since she deserved to be. I was also slightly disappointed that Nebula didn't really get to fight Thanos at all. I wanted her to get a few good shots in for all she's been through. I enjoyed the Hulk banner combo and I thought it was pretty fun. I love that Cap got to use Thor's hammer and thought that was really, really cool. I honestly wasn't expecting it, so it made the fight scene with Thanos more, more fun for me. I also love that Sam got the shield at the end. I was thinking it was going to be Bucky, but I'd prefer it go to Sam, so I was happy about that. The fight scene between 2012 Cap and present day Cap was also really fun and not expected, although I was slightly concerned about the scepter being used on him. Also, I feel like the timeline had to have gotten screwed up with the whole Loki escaping with a Tesseract thing. And how is Nebula still in existence since she killed her past self? And this is me. I know, right? Time travel makes my brain hurt, but it sure is entertaining. Speaking of time travel, I was sure they were going to have Captain Marvel use her powers to do that at some point since she got powers from the Tesseract and can travel at a hyperspeed, but maybe they just want to overuse her just yet. I also feel like they missed a great opportunity to bring in all the Defenders and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for that final battle since they could have just been in the background. It would have been awesome. I find it kind of odd that they brought everyone back to the current time so now everyone that didn't vanish is five years older than the people that did. I guess all of Peter's friends and classmates that we know vanished because they are all still in the same grade. It will be interesting to see if they deal with it at all in the Spider-Man movie. I'm also interested to see if they will deal with it at all on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It seems like a pretty big thing not to mention unless the whole team vanished. I think that does it for my initial thoughts. I'm actually seeing it again tomorrow. So if anything comes to mind after that rewatch, I will write back. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Agent Jessica And thank you, Agent Jessica. And since we've already done a two-hour episode about it, we're not going to take anything point by point. But I did want to mention I agree with you about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Defenders and, yeah, the time travel stuff. I I really want to see it again just so I can really get a handle on what they were saying about the time travel and and how they actually used it because they just – I mean, they did such a great job crafting this whole thing. Um, I can't imagine someone doing a better job, honestly, crafting this. Uh, we have a voicemail from Agent Becky.
1: Hi, I'm calling in about um, Endgame, so there are definitely be spoilers ahead. Um, I'm a fairly new listener, just been listening a week or so, um, but I've listened to a handful of episodes because I was trying to listen in lieu of a rewatch of the entire series. I uh, just listened to a lot of different podcasts on any of the movies that Tony Stark has appeared in since I saw him as main character of the Infinity Saga and I wanted to revisit his arc um, and boy was that rewarding um, but first I wanted to address something it was really funny, I was listening to the Infinity War episode and you guys were talking about uh, a girl that said that she was quitting the MCU and I'm like 95% you guys were talking about me um it was interesting to you said like oh she's not a them or not an us um and and it's just like well no I am uh aware like that you know that the other movies were coming out but I didn't want to get meta about the things I wanted to be right there in in where the characters were feeling and where they were and it was just like so hopeless but I was also really upset because yeah, I didn't really think of it as like a part even I knew there was more but it's just like well what can they do I mean, honestly, I didn't expect them to visit time travel. So although I don't know what else I could have done, but it, time travel is messy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was really, really discouraged. It took me like a month to recover. Was, I might have been a little too deep into it, honestly. Um, but no, any, I was just uh, calling to say how rewarding it was to revisit Tony's Ark and just really focus, like watch Endgame with Tony in mind. Um, cause you just see from, from Iron Man and to Avengers and how he's always had this fear and insecurity that he's masked with his, um, cockiness and, and stuff. Like he puts out this front, but he is like terrified inside and he'll learn things and he'll regress and it's very realistic. Um, it's funny cause him and Cap are tied for my favorite characters and Cap is like the, the person that you want to be like and Tony's like the one that you can relate to more than it's a very realistic character, but it was, just that—that that was the most satisfying ending of a character that I have ever seen. When Pepper tells him, "We're gonna be okay. You can rest now." And clearly, like they both knew, like she wasn't saying that he, like we, isn't her, but we is in her and Morgan and and the Avengers and everyone. Like we, the world is gonna be okay, and you can rest now. He spent 10 to 15 years. At this point, like ever since his wake up call, not being able to rest, especially since 2012. So, at least for very much so, for 10 years, you know, when he went up and saw, when he went through the wormhole, and.
0: And then um, our voicemail drone cut her off so um she did write in though to finish by saying that um she didn't regret the anguish from when she swore off the mcu uh she said i love that infinity i love that infinity war destroyed me so much which made endgame all the more satisfying i'm really really glad i didn't go meta and think about the movies coming up and i'm glad i stayed away from theories and um Yeah, so that was from Agent Becky, and honestly, I I remember talking about someone who had sworn off the MCU. In fact, I think I even remember seeing a face the Facebook post, which is very stark, Uh Um, because it was one of those where you can like make the have make the post have a background, you know, and so it's just these kind of bold letters on this this big background and um, saying that's it, I'm done with the MCU or something like that. So. Uh, Becky, I do hope we get to hear from you again here in the future. You mentioned that you're going to see the movie again. Um, If you have any more thoughts, please, please send them in. We love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from anyone, Um, you know, but that's because we love hearing different voices from different people, from different perspectives and from different, um, well, I mean, you had a very different perspective, that of the person who um, was able to divorce yourself from the meta knowledge that these other movies are coming. Um, And I can't, I I couldn't do that. Um, But it didn't ruin it for me in the way it has for some other people. And um, yeah. So thank you so much for, for calling in and for writing in. And let's see here. One more email from agent Dylan, agent Dylan, who always signs off with the hashtags of trip lives, Jarvis lives. Hashtag give us season three on Disney Plus, you cowards. (laughs) And hashtag Ruby lives, even though she's death, the MCU's counterpart, to sin. Agent Dylan says, agents, come here. Lean in. A little closer. A little closer. There we go. It's all connected. So... That was my dramatic reading of uh, Agent Dillon's email. Then he goes on to say <laughs> a little less dramatically. Um, by the way, the font is huge for it's all connected. He says that long last a TV character crosses over to the movies. let's hear it for Jarvis though I do wonder about the implications for Daniel Su- Souza, which we've talked about. While we're on the topic of Ca- <laughs> while we're on the topic of Cap's Red Angel adventure, there's a reference for us um and then he actually that's me saying about the reference but he actually says there's your plot for cap four replacing the stole stone must have been awkward like what happened when he ran into the red skull again for all we know that encounter could have set off a butterfly effect that prevented thanos from even knowing he had to sacrifice gamora in the first place come to think of it since 2014 thanos got dusted what does this mean for 2018 thanos then again nebula another awkward thing is what about the kids Were all of Peter's friends and Flash snapped? Does the balance mean the runaways are all fine? Surely one half of the divine pairing had to have bitten the dust. That's going to be weird. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe Far From Home reveal all the unsnapped kids were sent back in time, Peter and maybe Harley, after the funeral. And what about 2012 Loki? Like, what happened with him? Rather conveniently, all the flashbacks in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 508, that's the one where Robin dies, take place during the five-year time skip, so we don't have to worry about those being affected any more than they were by the team's actions in the season five finale. But season six is going to be confusing, because there were implications Daisy, and especially Mac, got dusted. Future Yo-Yo said, I was on fire, reaching for Mac, and then there was nothing there. Agent Dylan signing off. So that's it. That's our episode, and um, I will say this: uh, I talked about wanting to hear different people's perspectives. Um, I did get to talk to someone today, actually, about the perspective of a person who has not seen any MCU movie and going in cold and seeing Endgame, and it was really interesting because I was really curious because this is a movie that it's huge. It's 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 you know it's made 1.2 billion billion dollars this weekend 1.2 billion dollars like let that sink in Um, some of that I think is from repeat viewing some of that is from you know higher ticket ticket prices but that doesn't matter I mean this is this is a record-setting movie and everyone was anticipating that it would be and we're probably not going to have another uh, event like this in the future where it's a must see for everyone and I was talking to a friend who was talking to a friend (laughs) I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who so this other I mean I know both of them but um I'm getting this knowledge this information secondhand and uh he went and saw the movie didn't know what he's getting into didn't know it was going to be three hours long and was based on the information I got miserable now when I say miserable he was miserable because of the length he was miserable because he didn't know what was going on but he was still able to appreciate some things. Like he really liked Tony Stark and really now wants to go and see Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark in the other Iron Man movies. And so it wasn't that he couldn't appreciate things. He he could and did appreciate some of the, the elements of this thing. But it is so tied to con- continuity that came before. Like if you have not seen these other movies, especially the Tony Stark movies, the Captain America movies – and then um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think those are the three kind of subsets that you absolutely have to know well, which include the other Avengers movies. Uh, you you are, you're going to be lost. And I was really curious just to see what someone thought. And I uh, just happened to be talking to someone at work today. And yeah, it was great to hear that perspective. So anyway, that is our episode. And I would love to hear from more of you. And like I said, depending on how many emails or voicemails might come in and when, um, it would either be as a post-credit kind of thing, or we might do our own another bonus episode or something like that. I just don't know. So for the time being, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being listeners. I want to thank you for whether you're a listener like Becky, who just started listening like last week or the week before, or if you're a listener like um, Agent084 has been around since forever, or if you're a listener like Agent Daniel who was listening to this podcast before anybody else because he was on the podcast. I want to say just thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you listening so much. And I mean, honestly, I think there's only really one way to really express how I feel about you. Dear listener. Love you 3000. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback, where you can contact us through our website. And you can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 55 level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash Level 7 or connect with us on Twitter, where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed.